Welcome to 2023. Welcome to Game Face in 2023. I'm Shane Satterfield, your host for the next couple hours of intense game discussion. Alongside me to do that is Matt Kyle into 2023. How's it going, brother? Uh, about the same. Yeah, about Wetter. the same? Wetter. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are lucky that we're actually here because LA right now is in like a monsoon. It is, I, I can't even put into words how hard it has rained here. Not just like the last week, but really since we said goodbye to you guys before Christmas. It is just poured rain here. Mm-hmm. It's it's so funny. Normally we're talking about how we're in a drought. <sighs> I thought your house might have floated away. That's how much it's no, we're, we're still in a drought. <laughs> it's crazy. We d- it dumped water on LA. It didn't dump snow up where we need it, where the reservoirs are. Yeah. it's. I mean, you're right. We're still technically in a drought, but oh my gosh. Like So driving over here to Matt's house... It was all the stoplights were shut down. The power was shut off. I worry. I was worried that Matt wouldn't have power and we wouldn't be able to do the show. But we got here. Power's on for now. Um, if everything just shuts down, you know what happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's not gonna. It's done. Is it done? The rain's done now for a few days. Okay, so it did stop. Like on the way over here, it was like <clears throat> drizzling a little bit, but it does appear to be uh, stopped at this point. So I think we're gonna be okay. Um, hope you guys had an amazing holiday season. Hope you had a great and safe New Year's and New Year's Eve. We're into 2023, ready to rock it. Um, before we get going, I want to thank our sponsor, LS Cream. Matt, I drank some LS Cream over the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a bottle over to a friend's apartment for a party, and people absolutely loved it. Um, they were like, your buddy, this is his company. And they're like, and I was like, yep. They're like, we will buy this instead of Bailey's forever. So big hit at the holiday parties that I took it to big. Thanks to them for sponsoring the show. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, you can find LS cream. If you go to BevMo or any places online, or you can go to lscream.com and there's like a store locator there where they can help you find it. Uh, the owner of LS cream is a sifter. Uh, try to support your fellow gamers in whatever they're doing. If you're going to buy liquor, you might as well buy it from someone like us. So hit them up at lscream.com. Uh, lots of housekeeping to get to before we get going. Last night was the big premiere event for the Last of Us TV show for HBO mm-hmm. here in LA. And it was literally in Hollywood. The water was over people's car tires. That's how flooded Hollywood was. And they had the event for the last of us tv show and it was they were just drenched and it was a total downpour i felt bad for him at first but the more i thought about it i was like that kind of makes sense yeah thematically appropriate yeah yeah i and look they were having a blast i think they're just so stoked to finally have the project done and getting ready to be released and out there uh, that they're just like whatever you can't rain on this parade so uh, it looked like neil and crew were having a good time congratulations to them the show airs on the 15th is that correct on sunday yeah so we'll be able to talk about the first episode on next week's show, mm. which we're very excited about. The reviews for it have been great. Yeah, very. Sitting, I think it's sitting at ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's amazing, people. That's <laughs> really of, um, good. Well, positive reviews from people who have and have not played the games. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking for the reviews from like the varieties and mm-hmm. publications like that instead of us. I want to see what the people who cover TV and film for a living think of this show yeah, more they, than they have been very positive on it. Yeah. Looks like it's pretty good, people. Apparently, episode three is a banger. Oh, really? So, two episodes of build, and then all hell breaks mm-hmm. loose. 
Well, Makes we'll sense. see. Like they're they're all very they're variable lengths. I think the first episode is eighty five minutes, second episode's fifty five, and the third episode's eighty. Okay. Oh wow. So they're as long as they need to be to cover whatever they're doing. I think also, and I know a lot of people don't care about this, but also I think the the reviewers got all nine episodes, which is unusual. That that's, is unusual. That's, that's a confidence. Yeah. A lot of times they're not even finished when they start running. Mm-hmm. Like they still have a couple like tweaks they want to make. Now that to... shows that they're very confident about this show. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, so that's something to look forward to this weekend, the first episode of that. Um, what else we got here? Fantasy Leagues. So we obviously went through the winners and the losers, loser, winner, of our Fantasy Leagues from last year in the last episode that we did. And you guys are probably wondering, when are we launching our Fantasy Leagues and the Fantasy Challenge for you guys? And that will be happening next Tuesday. So next Tuesday, Matt and I will do our draft. Um, and we'll also continue our 2023 preview because the draft usually doesn't take the full three hours or whatever. Um, and then we'll also launch the fantasy challenge for you guys. So during Game Face next Tuesday, the fantasy challenge will launch. So start doing your homework, start figuring out um, what games you want to add to your team for the fantasy challenge. Keeping in mind that this year there was what, like 15 people who had all 10 games. Mm-hmm. Unheard of for the Sifted Fantasy Challenge. Uh, so anyway, that will be ready to launch next Tuesday. Matt and I will do our draft next Tuesday. We'll get all that stuff in motion. Today's show is going to be great, even though January is dry AF. <laughs> There's really not a lot of games coming out this month at all. Um, but, you know, we're doing previews of 2023. We're going to tackle PlayStation and Nintendo today. We're going to talk about one of the only games that people were kind of discussing over the holiday break. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what happened at CES. We have a great show for you guys. We're really excited about it. Um, a couple other things before we get going. Uh, changes to Sifted, stuff like that. I'm probably going to talk about that a little bit more in depth next week. Uh, things that we're planning on doing for 2023. One thing I can say is we're going to start repackaging a lot of our content from Game Face and disseminating it out into social media platforms. So we've never really taken the time to like chop up Game Face, find some of Matt's great quotes from each episode and put them up on our Twitter. We're also going to launch our own TikTok channel, believe it or not. I know Matt's like, what? But Matt, like... That's where it's all going. It really is. TikTok, I know TikTok's going to get banned right as you right might. put that up. <laughs> it might. But look, that's where everybody is. Like, that's where everybody's going. I know all the young audience for sure is on TikTok. Um, I've been going through a crash course on TikTok over the last three weeks or so. It's been mm. interesting. I've actually kind of enjoyed it. Uh, but we're going to start, like, popping out little pieces of Game Face out onto TikTok, out onto YouTube Shorts. Uh, we're going to... Try to hone in on great moments from each episode and get those out there as promotion for the show. And we're going to be doing some cool stuff on TikTok that will actually be exclusive to TikTok. Stuff that we're only going to do for that platform. But again, don't want to talk about all that stuff in depth today. We'll get into that a little bit more next week and the plans will become a little more crystalline. Essentially, we're just catching up with everybody at this point. Like, we need to start doing shorter content. Um, we have totally realized you guys love the three-hour show. That's not going to go away. We're always going to give you that big hunk of Game Face love every Tuesday. Uh, but we need to be smarter about the three hours that we're spending here. What can we do with that content that we're creating? Yeah, um, there, there, was a, so there was a channel I follow called, um, and I think everyone should, everyone, if you like X-Files, these stuff you like, it's called The Y-Files. And it's just this guy who's hosting basically a show about unexplained weird shit. And I like him because he tells the, the story and plays it totally straight. And then he comes at the end, he comes back and he's like, here's why all that is nonsense. Basically. <laughs> and he's got an animated goldfish named Hecklefish. Who's, who's the, the tinfoil. He's got a tinfoil hat on his goldfish. He believes everything. <laughs> so it's, it's a nice back and forth. But anyway, he had that, he, he, he and his wife had a podcast studio in on sunset Boulevard that they started in, in February, 2020. Mm hmm. 
and then some things went wrong because the world ended. Yeah, and they ended up in Austin. Uh, over so the were they? Did they launch a podcast studio where they were letting people were come in and rent time? They were, they were producing podcasts. Like they were, they had a bunch of them under their like under their umbrella, and they oh, were like, so they were floating the bill for the podcast. Yeah, okay. so they were like a network almost. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and they moved out to Austin and shut all that stuff down. And he started this channel, and it wasn't getting. He had five thousand subscribers. Did it? I still had five thousand, slowly climbing, uh, like June of last year, and then um, he started doing the TikTok stuff. A little short things that he didn't want to do. He didn't. He wanted to do. Long, he wanted to do half hour long yeah. shows. But like he did the TikTok things, and the TikTok stuff went nowhere. It was pointless. It didn't get anywhere. There was no traction. And um, then at some point, um, YouTube Shorts started, mm. and he started. And, and his wife and a couple of people was like, "Hey, you got to put something on there." You should put, he's like, "I don't want." It. But he's like, "I have all these TikTok videos that nobody cares about, and I shut the channel down." So I'm like, "Why so not put, run them?" So yeah. he put all the TikTok things up on YouTube Shorts, and for whatever reason, the algorithm picked up one of his. One of the TikTok short things he did, and the YouTube and the Kaboom. YouTube shorts, and now he he in De- so that that was yeah. in like June mm-hmm. and December he had a million subscribers. Yeah, it can happen it that just, fast. And I found him, I found him in September actually through a normal YouTube search. I didn't ever ever see the shorts, but he credits the YouTube shorts with why he blew up. Well, he also struck while the iron was hot because back then YouTube <clears> had <throat> just kind of launched shorts mm-hmm. and it was prioritizing those in its algorithm and giving them more visibility. For example, we did a promo for one of our shows for a short on YouTube, and the promo ended up do, doing more views than the actual episode that the mm-hmm. promo was for. So you could see that YouTube was prioritizing that. Because, look, TikTok is eating YouTube's lunch right now. So yeah. it's trying to figure out how to kind of stem the tide there. And hopefully we're not getting on that wave too late. Uh, but we are going to do a dual-pronged attack with both YouTube shorts and with TikTok. We'll see how it goes. Um, you never know. It's like you said. You, you could put one piece up that just goes bonkers, everyone subscribes, mm-hmm. and off you go. So... Um, just trying to find new avenues to get our content out here because I believe in our content. I think it's strong. Um, and I just think more people need to be exposed to it. And that's what we're going to try to do. And we hope that you guys will help us with that. If you guys do use TikTok once we launch the channel, hope you guys will follow us and we'll announce all that stuff so you guys can go and do it and all that kind of jazz. But anyway, just some stuff that's happening in 2023 for Sifted. And we'll get into more of that uh, next week. I think that's it hmm. for our housekeeping. Um, yeah. The only other thing I could really bring up is that, like, my holiday sucked. <laughs> I got sick on December 27th, two days after Christmas, and I was sick up until, like, four days ago. I got that crazy, like, RSV or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It is the weirdest sickness. You are crazy congested, but you feel okay. Like, I wasn't tired. I didn't feel sick. I just, my head was just clogged, and it just lasted forever. So the last, like, five days of my vacation in Pennsylvania, I literally just sat in my mom's living room and watched terrible television with her for five days straight. She watches, like, Judge Judy and Hot Bench and all these (laughs) just, like... Man, there's got to be something better you can do with your time. But anyway, uh, my holidays ended up kind of sucking. British mysteries like my mom. (laughs) And then then the worst part of it all is... um, And I don't want to talk about this too much because I know you guys don't care about fantasy football or whatever, but... So this year has been insane because the championship game for fantasy football was the the last game was the game where the guy died on the field and they mm-hmm. revived him. And now he's fine. He's out of the hospital now. Like, well, he's in the hospital, but he walked into his new hospital in Buffalo. Anyway, it was really complicated about how you could figure out who would win. And I was the commissioner of the league and I was in the championship game. And I'll just let you know, this championship game was worth like $3,000. 
and I'm the commissioner. So people always look at me to make sure that I'm not doing shady stuff. So I have to like go above and beyond to placate everyone else in the league. So what happened was everybody else just said whoever was winning when that game ended wins. And I was winning. But like my league was like, oh, you're the commish. You're trying to hand yourself the championship. I was like, okay. So I let the guy who had a couple players to go play his players in week 18 and use those scores. And his players went bananas. And I lost $3,000. All because I was trying to be like the good guy. I can't even tell you how <laughs> devastating that was. It still hurts. When I think about it, I still get this awful feeling in the pit of my stomach. It's it's the perfect case of when doing the right thing goes wrong, basically. Um, I tried to be do the right thing and be the good guy, and I got burned. <laughs> so anyway, it was a it was not a great holiday season for me. I'm glad to be back. Glad to be here with you guys. Glad to be doing Game Face. Glad to be back with Matt. You got your uh, SSD drive today for your PS5. I did. Have fun I did. installing that. Yeah. Because it's a little wait. tricky. Yeah, I'll wait on that. Yeah. <laughs> a while. But. Uh, but let's flip to you guys and see what you guys are up to in chat. Um, Johnny Hurricane, who you got making it to the Super Bowl? Ooh, that's a good one. I honestly don't know. I was shocked that the Steelers won nine games and almost made the playoffs. It just shows you how terrible the NFL is. But I guess yeah. if I had to Wasn't bet... The, isn't the 49ers like doing well with the last pick draft guy? With their third the third string quarterback. <clears throat> yeah. Because <clears throat> their defense is good and they can run the ball. So the Mr. quarterback... Mr. Irrelevant. It's insane how well they're doing. So I would say... That's I would very actually, in character for that team these days. I mean, I'd actually say probably the 49ers are going to go in mm. the NFC. I know I'm from Philly, so a lot of people might think I'd assume the Eagles, but their quarterback's kind of banged up. So I'm going to go 49ers Chiefs, I think. Hmm. Will be the two teams in the Super Bowl. That's my guess. That's a lot of red. Yep. <laughs> um, sneaky. If you had time, you could do an SSD install video for Sifted. That's true. There are so many of those out there already. Eric Cartman is. It's time for Tomlin to go. Hell no, man. He did one of his best jobs coaching ever this year. I can't believe they won nine games. It's insane. Um, Chiefs fans in the chat, really very appreciative of my uh, prognostication. Um, Raphael Michael, I'm following a creator on YouTube, and when he started doing shorts, his YouTube income went three times or four times as a result. I'm hoping that'll happen for us. And really, the idea is, I don't really want our shorts to blow up. I want, I do, but I want the people to find the shorts and then find the real content that we create mm -hmm. and then support us on our Patreon. That's I mean, that the is goal. what happened to Y Files. Yeah, so. I hope that'll happen for us. We'll see. Um, he's Raph got so many. He's got so many Patreon people now. He has to scroll the thing so fast that. Like, you can't read anything anymore. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Give me a five-hour show, Eric Carmenas. That's not happening, bro. <laughs> I think three is plenty. Uh, David5807, thank you for Twitch Prime. Everybody, thank you for Twitch Prime, by the way. A lot of people did this while we were gone over the holidays. Thanks to everybody who did that. Um, uh, Andy T. Monahan, thank you for subscribing at Tier 1. Glottis21, thank you for Twitch Prime. One Super Master Gamer, thank you for Twitch Prime. Commander Fett, thank you. Toast Nine, Justin Horman, The Big Smoke 82, Johnny Hurricane, Corey Film, Raphael Michael. You guys are all getting in here. Pitor 91. All of you guys, thank you for Twitch Prime. Also, another thing to note at the end of the episode, we will be doing Name That Game. Everybody's back in the game now. Mm, yeah. So, anyone who has won last year, you can now participate in Name That Game again. Uh, at the end of today's episode. And with that, now I think we're ready to kick off Game Face 325. And we're going to start it off 
with a preview of PlayStation for 2023. Okay. Now Cover we already the cat with its lower third, you monster. <laughs> Let me uh, let me read the lower third so you can see the cat. There, there she is. Yeah, she, she knows. <laughs> and there she goes. She knew she was like, no. camera shy. Her time is over. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, chances are, if you're a patron, you guys have already watched uh, Michael Pactor's prediction episode for 2023. Uh, I don't want to spoil <clears throat> anything. Maybe some of you guys haven't watched it yet. We will reference a couple of those things uh, throughout the course of today's big 2023 preview. Um, but the one thing I will say is that. In another episode, he was asked about a PlayStation 5 Pro. And I'm not going to spoil what he said about it. What do you think about it, Matt? Do you think that there's room for mid-cycle console refreshes this time around? Not yet. Because it doesn't make sense yet, right? No, I mean, they are doing the new PlayStation 5 with a removable drive thing, but that's not a hardware change. Yeah. I mean, it is a hardware change, but it's not a power right. shift. Yeah. Um, I don't see that happening unless... You know, I mean, I guess it could if this generation goes a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I wouldn't expect to see that until, like, 2025 at the earliest. Now, we'll talk a little bit in a little bit about PlayStation at CES. I don't even know what that would look like. Like, what... I know. What would you do? I mean, I guess you could stand <laughs> for a hardware revision of the PS5 that gets rid of the coil wine and some of the stuff that people have had problems with. But in terms of, like, upgrading the pack, what do you do? Like, put more RAM in it, I guess? I don't... Like, I don't... Better I, GPU, I guess so. But it's like that. That har- the hardware is so specific. It is that like it's hard to imagine a, a revamp that like wouldn't be a, essentially a new system, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to like the the Xbox, which you know, yeah, put a stronger CPU and a tr- stronger GPU in there, and you got a Series Y, yeah, or whatever, whatever the hell they you know, call like, it, Series Z. And clearly, Nintendo is skipping the mid the mid range the mid switch refresh and just going to put a new system out at some point, unless you count the OLED. Which didn't, again, didn't change. I don't count it unless it's a power a hardware change. change power change. Unless, I, I agree. That's where we should draw the line, I think. Yeah, because otherwise you're talking about DS a lot. There's a yeah. lot, there were a lot more DSs than yes. we would consider. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I think a lot of people are probably sitting there right now saying, Chain and Matt, I can't get a PS5 still. Right. But the one thing I will say is that at CES, Jim Ryan said, if you have been struggling to find a PlayStation 5, I can promise you from this moment forward, it will be much easier to get one. I have no idea what prompted him to say that. Yeah, I don't know. Five times zero is still zero. Exactly. I'll say this. Most of my relatives who wanted a PlayStation 5 got one this holiday Mm -hmm. season. So all my sisters and brothers who were trying to find them for themselves or for their nieces and nephews, who were always texting me saying like, hey, you know, if you hear any going on sale, let me know. Every one of those people got one this holiday season. So it does appear that they managed to clear out a lot of mm-hmm. backlog. Also, they said that, what, the last December was the best month for PlayStation 5 ever, as far as sales look, are concerned? what happens when you put units out. When you actually have the hardware out there. Um, so it does appear that the log jam is starting to break free a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I still, I agree with you. I don't, I don't see where there's an opportunity for a PlayStation 5 Pro yet. I just don't know what it would even be. Yeah, it'd just be more power. But it's like, there's nothing there. There's nothing, especially... The thing that's going to prompt the companies to do that is if they ha- have games in their own pipeline that they know can't run properly, right. or that they need the boost for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't see anything like that in Sony's, you know, upcoming schedule. Really, yeah. we'll get into the schedule. Kind of figured that out, you know. Yeah. Like, like you've, you know, you've got things like Horizon and God of War running very well, and mm-hmm. you don't need to really go. You know, we'll see what happens when you're moving into stuff that's you know, PS5 only, but like. It feels like they kind of got a handle on that for now. Well, the PS4 Pro had a unique selling proposition, a USP. Mm-hmm. It was 4K. 
Mm-hmm. You could not play games in 4K on the base PS4. And with the PS4 Pro, you could now, albeit it was cheating a little bit with checkerboarding, but still, yeah, it was, it was a the checkerboarding was pretty damn impressive. It's a noticeable change. <laughs> yeah. It and was, everything ran better. It was right. a whole, it was, in, you know, it was a general all around upgrade. And it, it was needed. This, yeah. I don't see the the gateway. I don't see the doorway. Yeah, we're not for seeing, it. like, you're, you're talking about, like, well, you could run, you know, Miles Morales at 60 frames a second in quality mode. Right. Okay, is that worth paying five hundred fifty dollars for? You know, there's it's no, not. there's no there there. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't think we see a PlayStation Five Pro. I don't think we see it at all. Like, no, I don't no. think we'll ever get one. I think if we do, we'll see it. Like, like I said, it would be twenty twenty five, twenty twenty six. If everybody decides to stick with this generation until like twenty thirty, yeah, you know, like then you're gonna probably run into something like yeah. that. But that's a long ways away still. It'll be a very long time from now. Yeah, so I don't see a PlayStation Five Pro coming anytime soon, if at all. Again, there's just no opportunity. What are they gonna say? Okay, now it does eight K. Like, what's the USP for it to get people to buy it or to upgrade? Yeah, it's hard. That's a hard sell. Particularly, it's a hard thing to explain. It is. Particularly when we're already dealing with the law of diminishing returns with this generation of hardware anyway, more than we ever have with the generation of hardware. So um, I just don't see it happening, to be perfectly honest with you. So hardware-wise, I don't think we're going to get much on the PlayStation front this year. The big hardware thing for PlayStation this year, obviously, is PlayStation VR 2. That's going to be the big hardware thing for PlayStation this year. I think... It's going to have its hands full, just trying to launch that successfully. Uh, so for multitude of reasons, uh, neither one of us think that we're going to see any new iteration on the PlayStation 5 hardware. And I hope that what Jim Ryan said about supply coming into congruence with demand is true, and they're going to be on store shelves. I saw Raphael Michael in chat mentioned that he saw them on store shelves over the holidays. That did not happen for me. I still have not seen one sitting on the store shelf anywhere, um, but they were in more ready supply if you were actually on the hunt and looking for them and you had been going through those same channels for the last couple of years trying to find them. It was easier to get them through those same existing channels. So there is some change afoot. Um, all right. Next, we're going to talk about software for PlayStation 5, Matt. And I will say, doing the research for this, I was pretty shocked at the lack of of exclusive games that are announced right now for PlayStation 5. Not just this year, but, like, generally. There's not a lot that we know about. Um, We're going to go chronologically. We're going to do this with every platform that we do 2023 previews for. We're going to go through the known games chronologically. There's somebody at the door will not go away. Okay. I need to go check this. Let me know if you need me to come down there and handle something. (laughs) Um, So, anyway... um, we're going to handle these. We're going to go chronological through all the games that we know the release dates for. And then at the end, there's just going to be a pile of games for each platform that do not have release dates. And then Matt and I will kind of talk about whether we think they're actually going to make it out this year or not. If they do, when they're going to come out, that sort of thing. So that's how we're going to structure these. As again, we're doing PlayStation and Nintendo today. Next week's show, we're going to do PC and third party and Xbox, although we may end up pushing third party to the next episode of Game Face, depending on how long I think our draft is going to take. Next week's going to be crazy. Uh, There's a reason why we didn't do next week today and we pushed it a week, uh, because next week's episode is going to be bonkers trying to get everything done in the amount of time that we have. So um, 
again, we're going to go through all the software chronologically, and then we generally have like a little pile of games that are supposed to release this year but don't have hard release dates, and Matt and I will kind of sift through those and figure out which ones we think are realistically coming out here in the next 12 months or so. The first game we're going to talk about is a game that we actually previewed right before we left for the holidays, and that game is Forspoken. It is a PlayStation 5 exclusive action RPG developed by Square Enix. (laughs) Oddly enough, after Square Enix had sold a lot of its Western developers, this action RPG is it reaching out an olive branch to the Western audience to try to create a game that will appeal to people in the West, in the United States, in Europe, etc. Now, if you remember, when we previewed this, um, I kind of liked it, and I thought it was unique. Matt did not. Matt was not a fan of this game at all. In fact, he played the demo and said he kind of struggled to get through the demo. I did not. I actually played through the free demo that was available pretty much for like a couple hours because it was just a big chunk of open world. And if you were smart about how you played it and avoided the final boss fight, you could just poke around in the open world as long as you wanted. And then once you fought the final boss, then the demo would end. So once you figure that out, you could go out in the open world and you could really give this game a legitimate spin to try to figure out what the gameplay loop is like and what it's going to be like to play it. Again, I enjoyed it. It is something different. It's it's different, but it's also familiar enough. Um, and I found that to be a pretty good mix. And Matt is back. Is everything okay, Matt? Yeah, it was just it was a package delivery. Apparently, he needed a signature, but because oh. he wasn't wearing a uniform, it looked like some guy loitering oh, by the front door. Lurking. Okay. <laughs> so I was just talking about Forspoken, Matt, and how I liked the demo more than you did. Have your feelings changed at all in this since we played it in December? Not really. Like I didn't dislike it. I just didn't. It was not a good demo to me in the sense that. I don't think it onboarded you very well into the game systems. Like, a lot of it was, like, just playing it. I was like, this is going to feel a lot better when I can play it from the beginning of the game. Yep. Because they did just kind of plunk you down in the middle of things with yeah, this Yeah, and demo. I don't think a lot of the, the spell stuff was explained very well. And Agreed. I kind of muddled too. my way through it, but... Um, I felt like I didn't get my head around all the game mechanics properly, um, which I would playing it from the beginning also because uh i didn't you know mess around with it and really stick with it as long as you did in part because i knew uh progress wasn't going to carry over yep yeah that's another thing uh, could and you agree with me that open, all demos should allow progress to carry over it would be nice or if at you least, can at least give me something right again the game, a little unlock thing or something yep agreed i just don't um you know I, as much as i love open world stuff i don't like doing open world stuff twice yep i so, agree with that and apparently the missions in this like the the main missions, the the you know the, the checkpoint missions in this are not in the game. They're just sort of, you know, they're basically like here's a taste of what quests will be like kind of mm-hmm. thing. So that's different. But I didn't spend a lot of time running around, um, and I really, I didn't like how a lot of the traversal felt. I didn't like it. Just it didn't. Yeah, you know, I've been looking forward to this game, and like this didn't make a very good impression on me reading more about it later like where there's like people who played it and discovered oh you can do this and hold this and that'll do this and stuff like okay it'd been nice to know that yeah told me that i really i'm just gonna i'm just gonna fully withhold judgment on this game until i play it from the beginning and here's the good news we don't have to wait very long no it's coming it comes out on january 24th um again for now it is a playstation console exclusive so you're not gonna be able to play this on any other console um 
I would say this is one you probably want to wait for Matt Nut to discuss the final version before taking the plunge. I'm sure this game's probably going to cost 70 bucks as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So I would probably... It's square. They're not yeah. giving you a break on anything. <laughs> so I would probably wait uh, until Matt and I kind of let you know what's up with the final version of the game. And the good news, too, is that we generally get uh, early re- review <clears throat> code from Square Enix. So we should have a pretty good report on this game before you have to pull the trigger on release day. So, um, again, I would wait, but it is coming out soon here in just a couple weeks on January 24th, and it is exclusive to PlayStation 5. Next up, Horizon Call of the Mountain. This is a PlayStation VR 2 game, going to be the flagship launch game for PlayStation VR 2. Going to probably be the flagship PSVR 2 game, period. Probably forever. Yeah, I... (laughs) If a, if a higher quality, bigger, you know, AAA kind of game comes out for the PSVR 2, I will be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And this comes out on launch day of PlayStation VR on February 22nd. Um, it will be the game, I think, that... Do you think it'll make or break PlayStation VR 2? No, it doesn't. No, yeah, because I don't see this matter. game being this thing where it, like, it builds buzz and, like, no. people are like, oh, wow, it's that good? If, look, I think if, it'll be like Horizon. It'll be like, if you know, you know. Yeah. And that's kind of as far as it goes. If a VR Half-Life game couldn't do it, I struggle to find see some other type of IP doing it. Yeah. If, if, if Alex was on this at launch, I might have a slightly different opinion. That's a, agree. Yeah. We're going to get into PlayStation VR 2 here in a little bit, but the, the software for this, I mean, they said at CES there's going to be 30 games available at launch. So what? Like, they're yeah. all old games. Tell me how many games are going to be available a year from launch. Right. And how many new games are going yeah. to be I'm available? I'm not worried about the launch. I'm more, I, I just know how Sony does this stuff, and they come out strong, and then they never look at you again. If this game appears Ask to be... Ask the Vita owners about that. Yeah. This game appears to be a game where you climb... And then you get to a plateau and you fight. Mm-hmm. And then you climb and then you fight. A lot of VR games are that way. Although some of them are just climb and just, just fight. Sometimes you paddle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you paddle, though. It looks like you're just riding along and someone else is paddling. You've got, it shows a hand holding oh, it does? a paddle. And so that, this, this, to me, I imagine is the beginning of the game. Yeah. It, it looks to me like it's a climber cross with a shooting gallery, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, which is okay. I think a lot of VR games are that way. Yeah. The only real appeal here to me is, is seeing some of these creatures like close up like mm-hmm. basically like seeing these things in vr in vr for the and, scale and in front of you yeah like like even that shot of the big deer elk thing walking by it's like oh yeah those things are those things are big, big yeah they, they like, don't seem that big when you, you play. think about it but like yeah, they're way bigger than El- than aloy yeah um the game follows a disgraced former soldier named rias but aloy is also in the game and the game is reportedly loaded with popular characters from the franchise uh, so you should run into some friends and foes that you're familiar with from the Horizon games in this. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if this can sell the system. It, it looks like they're going to have 2 million units the first year. I just don't think... I mean, you know I love Horizon. Yeah. Um, I just don't see Horizon as a system... Killer app. Like, it's yeah. just not... I, it should be, yeah. arguably, but it just, it just doesn't seem to be. Yep. And maybe that's... Not fair because it keeps coming out like right next to like the biggest game of the year, yeah. Uh, between Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring, but like I don't know, whatever. This thing is so good. It's they're so good, both of them, and they just don't quite capture the, the ama- mass the, the zeitgeist the way it feels like they should. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's a shame. 
because I think it's worthy of it. The franchise yeah, has absolutely. been. Absolutely. I, I do think uh, the fact that they're... Well, actually, they're doing that stupid MMO, which seems like a bad idea. Mm-hmm. But there is talk of a TV series. Yeah, I saw so, that. There's TV series for every game now, man. Well, that's Sony's, Sony's <laughs> going in hard on it's that. It's not just Sony. It's every game yeah, franchise. So, I mean, Sony established a studio right. for it. You know, They're yeah. letting Neil Druckmann work on The Last of Us project. Right. You know, I mean, they're, they're serious about it. Because that's all in-house, technically. Yeah, for them. Yeah. It's, a different, it's obviously a different division of Sony. But like, it benefits everybody. If Sony, if they if they can trans if they can turn their video game properties into successful films and TV franchises, that could have a very big effect on the bottom line. For Straight Sony. profit, homie. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. If you're doing you it got all, all this other good stuff in there, you should, you know, you should try to like you know diversify that. Yes, yeah. it's, it's, it's I agree. It's standard, and I mean, where's my Sly Cooper animated series? Yeah, that makes too much sense. Yeah. It really does. They tried it with Ratchet. It didn't really mm-hmm. work. But I would love to see Sly Cooper come back in some form. Yeah, I agree. Um, next up, another... Oh, yeah, there is a Gran Turismo movie. That's right. Yeah. With Orlando Which Bloom. is just... <laughs> sure, why not? Okay. <laughs> I mean, if they could make a movie or TV show out of Werewolves Within, like, it's... <laughs> yeah. I mean, like is everything has a movie or TV show coming now. It's pretty it's just, insane. This is Ford v Ferrari. It can it can work, I guess. Yep. Uh, the next game we're going to discuss: jump forward two months to get to the next PlayStation exclusive worth discussing, and you get to DLC, which is Horizon Forbidden West: Burning Shores. The first story DLC for Horizon Forbidden West takes place in Los Angeles. If you played the base game, you know you've already made it to California. You've seen San Francisco. And I will say, as someone who lived in San Francisco, seeing it in Horizon Forbidden West was an Mm eye-opener and really awesome. It was something that my wife also really enjoyed, seeing San Francisco in in a different state. This DLC mostly takes place in L.A. (laughs) This this week, apparently. Yeah, exactly. Prior DLC for the Horizon franchise has been really good. Yeah, Frozen Wilds was very good. It was really good. There's the Capitol Records for, building. First time I died in that game in like 30 hours. Right. Like, yeah, it was difficult too. They really ratcheted yeah. up the difficulty. And actually, that's, that's also happening slightly now in uh, my Witcher 3 playthrough where I'm starting to hit the DLC expansion stuff. And like the DLC expansion definitely had the thing of like, yeah, we know you walked through the last third of the game, and now we're going to start throwing stuff at you. The, like those those the arachnomorphs that are like, right. this is specifically, we specifically designed these enemies based on how you, we've seen how you play the game. Yeah. It's like, you just jump in, hit, 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 okay. And like, it's like, oh, these guys are so fast, you can't catch them. Yeah. And it's like, you have to find a way to immobilize them first. It's like, I imagine this is going to do the same thing where it's like, it's like, oh yeah, we know all the things. It's like the DLC for this game and Frozen Wilds as well was the advantage they had was like, we know all the things you can do. We know where you, we, we know you finished the game. We know you, all the abilities you have. We know where you are so we can go. F- we don't have to like make this like playable by a broad range of levels and character. We just be like, you better be this. You better have all this stuff. And you better be ready. Yeah. And like that was a lot of fun in Frozen Wilds. Yeah. Like those fucking bear things. I expect the same thing. Yeah. I, from I, Bernie I would, Shores. I would think the same thing on yep. this. It's, I think it's looking good. And Again, it's integrate into the whole world, which is great. That's my favorite way to do open world DLC is just like add another part of the map, make it all part of the cohesive whole. Like that's the that's the best way to do that. Yep. So and again, that very, is very very excited about that one. That is April nineteenth, just a day before four twenty. For those of you mm. who celebrate. Um, a few days after taxes. That's true. So. <laughs> that's the less fun part of that, that time of the year. Um, next up, again, jump ahead two months once again to June 22nd. At least that's the release date right now for Final Fantasy 16. Now, this is 
a big third party exclusive for PlayStation to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited for this game. Everyone else seems kind of like lukewarm on it. I don't know why. Maybe people mm-hmm. like kind of that. It's like this weird zone that Final Fantasy was in. Is there a word for it? Dumb bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, It feels uh, like it's going back to what it was. It does. This feels. This feels like it feels way more Final Fantasy VI. Yeah. Okay. The old old Magitech. Even nine a little bit. Nine a little bit. Yeah. Well, nine was also a throwback to Mm -hmm. to four and six. In a lot of ways. Um, No, this looks way more like what I would in my you know in my head of alternate timelines the way I would have preferred the aesthetic of Final Fantasy to develop. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, Final Fantasy VII really derailed this series in terms of it kind of did. Like it just turned everything into an anime shonen series, Mm -hmm. and I don't care about that, and have never cared about that, and have always thought it looked stupid. Yep, and I don't mean I don't mean Final Fantasy VII specifically. I mean that aesthetic. Pre Final Fantasy VII, when it was just because an it anime. all changed from it that just, point. Yeah, it, and every all of a sudden you had that it was that plus the fact that, and I will go on about this forever, and I will go on and about it again when that Suikoden collection comes out because Suikoden is the is the exception that proves the rule from PlayStation One era. JRPGs like the big epic JRPGs, the Dragon Quests and the the Final Fantasies and all that, and the Fantasy Stars, they used to be structured like epic novels. Mm. They used to be these big epic kind of War and Peace style like sprawling tales final fantasy 7 the plotting of that game comes out of the super hyper mega unbelievable popularity of evangelion nah. uh, evangelion is responsible for a lot of the tone and a lot of the aesthetic choices in square games on the playstation one and final fantasy 7 kind of started that and final fantasy 7's story is structured like a series of season of television it's structured like an anime series it's episodic it kind of doesn't have an overarching thing to say. Like taken as a whole, there's not really a message, a big thing. It's it's mm-hmm. just sort of a bunch of events that happen, and then the characters are here at the beginning and they're here at the end. Yeah, that's it's like you're, you're, the the point is what happens to the characters in this strip of time. It is not a giant overall story being told about a world or a place or a group of people. Um, it is just sort of a plot, and. Because of the success of Final Fantasy VII, that became the template for JRPGs for years afterwards. And yeah, not I, just Square. Yeah, not just Square. No, and I, and yeah. I hated it. And yeah. one of the things that I loved... It was a dead zone for me, for that genre. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And one of the things I loved about Suikoden is that uh, Suikoden did not let go of the historical epic novel idea. Like, mm-hmm. his Suikoden, particularly 1 and 2, as you will learn if you haven't played them when they come out, Suikoden 2 more than 1. 1 is actually a pretty short game mm-hmm. when you know what you're doing. But with that collection that's coming out, Suikoden 2 is the greatest story told in an RPG on the PlayStation 1. Yeah. And it it's is still up there. It is a giant, like, Tolstoy-style epic. It's yeah. probably more based on Chinese epics, like Romance of the Three Kingdoms, but I haven't read those books, so right. I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to that. But it is a structure and a, a an aesthetic and a and an approach to material that is way more interesting, way more fitting, I think, of that genre. I think it, it carries itself through a 60-hour game better. Yeah. Because it takes almost that long to read one of those books. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I've always preferred Final Fantasy when it would go back to, to fantasy. the style. To the more <laughs> fa- because the, cause the, the, and yeah. I, mean, I, I appreciate 9 a lot because of that. It's my favorite one on the PlayStation yeah, me 1 too. for sure because it is a bit of a throwback and it, it has its problems, but it does sort of remember where it came from in a way yep. that the other two don't. And the other and then thing, from 10 on. And the other thing, well, 10 on for sure. <laughs> 10 is the first oh, Final man. Fantasy I couldn't finish. Me too. I got too I bored don't. and I just stopped. 
Yeah. And uh, the thing about this one that I like is, and this started in 8, but it really came into its own in 10 and 13, is the weird magic. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but the way they... Things, technological things, and ships and airships. Like yep. they've got circles all over them, yep. and they've got like that weird, like fins, ovular, like, like art style. It's, yeah, it's yep. like, I, I, like you know, especially thirteen. Everything's rounded. Everything's rounded. Everything yep. looks like some kind of Tron disc. <laughs> yep. or yeah. I hate that. I agree. I, and like I didn't like it either. This, this has a chunkiness to it. It has a, you know, clearly they're inspired by Game of Thrones, which yeah. you know, I don't, I don't care about Game of Thrones anymore. But like clearly they, they like they're going for a more you know, grounded, almost boots on the ground. Feel like these people, these characters feel like they have weight, and they feel like they stand somewhere. They, you know, they feel of, like they're real. I, yeah, I don't feel like a, I don't feel like a twelve-year-old girl in a <laughs> yeah. short dress is going to pop out and say yeah. that she's a thousand-year-old dragon. So it's okay to draw porn of her. Like I feel like this is going to tell a a fairly mature for what it is kind of maybe maybe aimed at seventeen-year-olds instead of twelve-year-olds right. for yeah. once kind of thing. You know, <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is this feels more like something I'm not going to be embarrassed to have on the television right. in front of other people. That's a good way to put it. And if yep. you've grown up with Final Fantasy in the seven post seven era, this is not what Final Fantasy is to yeah. you. Yeah, and that's a valid statement. It is like that. Yeah. This is if a you big grew up change. from seven on. That's Final Fantasy. Yeah, to you. for yeah. sure. Even twelve, which is my my favorite uh, of the modern era. Um, you're still got the stupid kind of like you know Vaughn uh, doesn't have a shirt on. Yeah, you know, he's just if there's a weird, you know, Final Fantasy hit a point where they're like, it's not just a game; it's a fashion shoot. Right? Kind yeah. of thing. It's just like, <laughs> and it's just like it's, it's so annoying. Shoot. Yeah, I, I, I never liked that. And there's some of that, and like, but like it's limited to like the summons and you know, right. the, the, the mystical stuff, the flashier parts. The, of the, the game. normal humans seem to be dressed more or less in people clothing. like humans yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm cool with that i don't know how i'm gonna feel about the gameplay it, it looks like it's that same kind of like we do we want to do slash an, jungle we want to do like a hack and slash kingdom Hearts style system but we also can't let go of the rpg element so we're gonna like have a weird slowdown with pause right. thing that's mostly just gonna be annoying because yeah. it doesn't quite work out the way you think <laughs> anybody to turn it off if you want and most people will yeah um <laughs> Yeah, but I like what I see. I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised by Final Fantasy 16. I think a lot of people may reject it at first and like may not just buy it sight unseen before yeah. reviews. I mean, look if I, if you're younger than we are uh, or substantially younger, I can absolutely see that you look at that trailer and you have no idea you're looking at Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't look like anything no. Final Fantasy That's has come done for the last like since we were in years. high school. Yeah, it's true. When it really came outside of nine, and even nine had that different had its moments. Yeah. And nine had the you know the super deformed characters, yep. and you know you could tell it was sort of more of that old tradition. This is this is more what I when I look at the Final Fantasy sixteen footage, I look at it and I think I if you told me back in the Super Nintendo days about you know, what great game graphics and game production would become, that's what I would have imagined Final Fantasy to become. Yeah, not what it did become. Not what it did. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yep. And so, there yeah. you go. That's a big exclusive for PlayStation, man. It is. Final Fantasy 16 again, coming June 22nd. Um, I know a lot of people right now are slagging it or whatever. So but is that, is, is that, that's only on PlayStation or is it also on PC? It's only on PlayStation, for now, but... You know, yeah, it'll be on every, it'll be everything in a year. I think like, you'll probably get it. But least that's purely six months exclusive. Yeah. So that's purely. There's no PC version. Right. It's just day one. There's no yeah. PC version. Yep. Yeah. Um, and we'll see how long that lasts. I don't think they've announced yet how long the console exclusive is for it. But I think we can all guarantee it'll at least come to PC and probably a year later Xbox, if not six months. We'll see how that all goes. And again, development for these systems. It's not as bad as it was last generation as far as proprietary tech that you have to write to the metal for. 
Um, so I think it's easier to port games from PS5 and have that Xbox Series version ready to go uh, mm. whenever you uh, your contract expires. But that's a big exclusive. That's a big get for PlayStation. We'll see if it performs for them. I have a feeling that it's going to. Uh, so again, June 22nd. And that is the last solid release date we have for PlayStation, except for Marvel Spider-Man 2, which right now is scheduled for Q4. Mm. Um, do you think that that's going to happen? Yes. Insomniac hits its targets. It does. Yep. There's also another game we're going to talk about They wouldn't say it if they weren't sure. Yeah. Um, and right now, this is just fall 2023. We don't have a month or anything like yeah, that. My guess is this is uh, late October, early November. It's going to be. The, it's their big holiday. It's the game. God of War window, yeah. basically. Wherever God of War is released this year, that's where this game. When do we need release. to put this out to make to qualify for the Game Awards? That's yeah. when it's releasing. <laughs> and I agree with you. Um, they'll get it done. Insomniac will get the game done in time. It always does. I can't remember the last time Insomniac delayed a game. I don't know. Didn't they move Ratchet up? At one point? I think maybe they did, yeah, from where they initially were going to release it. Now, this is one of the smoothest-run studios in the in the industry. Yeah. Uh, they will, if, if they're saying it's going to be done by then, it'll be done by then. Still really not a lot of info. We, all we have is this little teaser trailer. It's only about 45 seconds. Yeah, well, it's a minute long. I'm sure in, when they do their showcase thing in, in the summer, they'll blow it out. Yeah. Have you caught wind of anything about the game from being in Marvel circles or anything? Nope. No, this has been very, very locked down. They really have kept the lid on everything. There's no information really floating out there. Um, But Insomniac also doesn't have the other thing, of course, is that uh, one of the reasons for that is that nothing has been shown, which means nothing has had to have been sent to places outside of Insomniac. True. And Insomniac is pretty much leak proof because uh, everybody loves working there and doesn't want to risk anything and doesn't want to do anything to, I think you're to right, rock Matt. the boat. I really think that Insomniac stuff doesn't leak because the people who work there respect the company. Yeah. Like Naughty empo- Dog, too. Keep your employees happy, and they will not uh, Yeah, they don't want to mess it up. Yeah, yeah. They, they're, pull- they're all pulling the rope in the same direction. So I'm really excited for this. Not as excited as I would be for some other stuff. Um, I do love Spider-Man, and I thought the yeah. first game was amazing. Well, like I said, you know, my top... Look, I mean, top looked forward to get come on <laughs> top anticipated games. What was it? Uh, Starfield and um, Jedi Survivor. Yeah. This was because those top two. Yeah, yeah, well, because this is so known. It is like I'm yeah. not looking forward to this in the same way because it's just like oh, another awesome insomnia. Yeah, we also games. know it's going to be awesome. It's sort like, of like there's Zelda. no mystery. It's, it's going like, to be an amazing yeah. Spider-Man. Like, I don't need to look forward to Zelda. I know yeah. what that is. Yeah, I'm come. It's going to be fine. It's yeah. going to be good. Spider-Man, Spider-Man's going to be a third great Spider-Man game. Oh, well, you know, yeah. whereas Starfield and Jedi Survivor, I have a lot more questions about, you know, like those are less sure bets. Yep. You know, so my curiosity puts those higher. Spider-Man is like, Spider-Man 2 is like, you know, the sure bet that you the thing you can always fall back. You know, it's like, I don't need to worry about you. I, I'm, I'm, you're you're going to get here and you're going to be great. And I don't need to think about you until then, yep. basically. It's, I agree. Uh, next PlayStation 5 exclusive that's supposed to come out this year, we'll, be, we'll decide whether we think that's true or not, is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. This is the second installment in the Final Fantasy VII Remake trilogy. I would have to think that, the, that this being slated, I mean, maybe it won't make it, but this being slated for fall, Q4, would have to be why 16 is slated for summer. You'd think? I mean, I really I, struggle to think they put both these games out in the same year. But I don't think they consider these to be 
competitors. Competitor. I don't. I think they can, you know, Seven Remake is its own thing mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And I mean, honestly, one. my <laughs> main thing. You know, you know, I hate this game. Yeah. But like, honestly, <laughs> like the people who love this game have waited long a fucking enough. Yeah. Like, if you can't get this thing out by the end of this year. Fuck you! Yeah. Like if, honestly, like like there's no reason people should have to wait years for this shit. Yeah. Like well, especially you, after the way the remake be, ended. If you plan this to be a series like this, get on with it. Like start working on the next one before you're done with the the previous one. Like like you're a giant company. Overlap this shit. Yeah. Don't make people wait. I mean, like you're already at this point, it's clear that if you started if you first played final fantasy remake when it came out when you were like a freshman in high school you're gonna be out of college by the time this (laughs) thing's done it's crazy and that's stupid that is stupid it was stupid when kingdom hearts did it it's stupid here a lot of people are pissed off with the way the first remake ended yeah i see i think that's one of the only interesting things about it yeah that they are not only are they changing things but they are acknowledging the change in the story yeah and they're not, you know, if you're going to re- change things, if you're going to not do everything the same way as you did before, then yeah, go for it. Like, even, you know, in Evangel again, Evangelion <laughs> did that too. Yeah. The rebuild of Evangelion movies eventually revealed that they are not a remake of the series. They are a sequel to the series. So this is kind of a remake, but it's also kind of a sequel to the original PlayStation game. Because... Yeah. I think there's going to be a thing as you go forward where you are trying to bring the timeline back to the events of oh, the original game. interesting. I think they're going to have to restore the timeline. This is multiverse shit. Because this one really kind of embraces the whole like new parallel timeline. Oh, yeah. It breaks pretty much completely They've literally away. got creatures in it that are there because things are changing. Right. Yeah. So... Uh, my guess is this probably does not make it this year. I really think it'll probably come in Q1 of That's probably likely, but like they really should try to get it out I this agree. year. I agree. The people it's, who, they're who taking are. way too long to get these games done. Yeah. I agree. Um, but anyway, as of right now, they're just saying, I think it's, they sort of saying winter. Of, yeah, winter can mean anything. It, I mean, doesn't winter probably, technically start in like December? Yeah, technically <laughs> winter would mean Q1. Right. Unless you put it out on Christmas. Right. Usually. Which is um, possible. You, you but, usually say holiday if it was mm-hmm. coming before the end of the yeah. year. I'd but. be surprised if we get it. I guess is what I'm getting at. Uh, next up, Death Stranding 2. Just shown at the Game Awards 2022. Yeah, I have to assume this is a couple years away. Do you think it's still a couple years away? Yeah. 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 I mean, my guess is it's been in development already for a couple years, mm, and some of the stuff probably somewhat. was already plotted out. But I'm I'm guessing this is next year. If, yeah, if we're lucky. It, yeah, I, I think I'd agree with you on that. Um, we need another Game Awards blowout. You're right. <laughs> Keely's got to get all the mileage he can out Kojima's of Kojima. has got to come, got to show up in person. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's a good point, though. He he doesn't show up when the game isn't eminent. When nope. the game is eminent, that's, that's when he when makes the flight across the Pacific yeah. and he shows up in person. Um, he, does, I can't, he does the in-person appearance to really promote it, and then he shows up at the end of that year to pick up the award. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what happens. <laughs> uh, but again, this was just shown for the first time like a month and a half ago, so it's very rare for a PlayStation exclusive to be announced and then released in less than 12 months. It just yeah, typically doesn't happen. Yeah, so chances of this, I'd put it at like 15 to 20% of coming out this year. That's generous, I think. Okay, next up, a game that's probably even less likely, Marvel's Wolverine. Oh, this is 2025. 
You think so? Yeah, you think I, it's that I know, far out? I know this. This is 2025, 2026 at the earliest. My, the point I'm making here, though, is this is the type of stuff that I had to put in here for the preview because right. there because is we don't nothing know announced. The the year. Yeah. There's nothing announced other than this stuff. Yeah, this is uh, Sony's kind of going Nintendo style this time. Yeah. Like, this is normally Nintendo's things. We know we know everything that comes out in the first half of the year. We're like, what's the second half? Who, who knows? we got to wait for directs. Yeah. And like Sony seems to be adopting that policy. I would say this is 5% chance of coming this year. Zero. Yeah. Because you're Not right. Because Insomniac's finishing up Spider-Man 2 yeah. for the end of the year. And these are, this is a different team. It is. But, like, but you don't put both of these out in the same year. You I don't, don't even talk about them in the same year. I this think is, there's probably a roving group of people at Insomniac that are, like, the finishers. Yeah. Who roll from one project to the next as they're being finished. That team is going to be working on Spider-Man 2. They're not going to be involved in yeah, this. So. This is, um, I am, yeah, I, I'll, say, I'll tell you, with 99% certainty, 2025. Yep. Uh, at the earliest, like, I, I, you know, 2025, 2026 is what you're looking at for this thing. Okay. Here's one that may be more likely, but maybe not. And that is the Silent Hill 2 remake. Also a PlayStation 5 exclusive coming would, from this, Bloober Team. This I would assume is this year. You think it'll make this I year? Think, I think it'll be like a uh, Halloween. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. What makes you believe that? Um, I just don't think Bloober Team would be as far along in this, 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 like, trailer is uh, this trailer shows a lot yeah it's just it's pretty lengthy and a lot of it's in game in engine oh yeah right? almost all of it is um, and it shows a lot of different parts of the game if you and know konami, i just don't see konami having a long promotional period for this because they're so cheap about everything so i i think if they're showing this it's less than a year away how weird is it just seeing a trailer for a game you care about with the konami logo pretty <laughs> the weird corner with the konami watermark it's been now a do, long time since I've been excited for a, a give, Konami game. Give Castlevania to someone who cares about it. Yeah, that that's what should happen next, actually. Yeah. I mean, I've, this is a big question to me. Like, there's part of me that would almost rather just have a decent remaster of the original. Oh, really? Um, You're afraid that they're going to... I'm not afraid, because they are, but it's just like there's no good way to play the original right now, because that yeah. remaster sucked. Uh -huh. The HD remake, yeah. whatever it was. So I would, I would, and part of me would prefer, like, a way to play the original on modern hardware without having to go through a bunch of hoops and you know user mods on the PC and everything or like drag out the old PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 3. Yeah. Um, which I guess is fine. But like they did get a lot of the band back together for this though. Like Akira Yamaoka is doing the music yeah, which cool. is really really important. Let's be honest. If you're going to remake Silent Hill 2 without his music. One of the things that I think you you learn quickly when it comes to bringing classic things forward into a modern version or a modern remake is you learn how how many people didn't understand it. Mm. In the That's first a good place. Point. Yeah. And sometimes the people who didn't understand it are the ones who make it make the remake <laughs> right. and then you're in trouble. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And as a, as almost anyone who is a DC fan can attest. <laughs> if you if you end up giving something to someone who doesn't understand how the character or the story works, you end up with Batman v Superman, and I would much prefer not to have the Batman v Superman of Silent Hills. <laughs> you, by the way, you should listen to Matt and I when we're discussing like whether we think these games are coming out or not because in a week, you need to fill out the Sifted Fantasy Challenge. Mm -hmm. Um and that's the thing is like I would if I left this off my fantasy team it wouldn't be because I don't think it's coming out it would be because I don't trust the to risk yeah, yeah. like I would put this at fifty fifty to make it this year that's about it feels about right and then like I would put it at less to be good to be good um, yeah <laughs> really? not, that, not that I doubt yeah. Bloober Team but it's 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 not it's that and I know people hate Bloober Team for some reason now because they think really yeah Bloober Team is, is very hated right now. why. 
Uh, partly because people don't, I guess, decided they didn't like their games, and oh. also because uh, the medium apparently was. Uh, the end of the medium is very odd in that they sort of try to redeem a pedophile murderer. And I didn't notice that. That there was a little bit happening oh. there. There's well, one, one do of the options you can choose <laughs> is sort of in that realm. I didn't notice that. And considering some of the other characters in the game that do not get a chance at redemption, there's sort of a thing of like, what is that about? And there's a whole question about portraying mental illness and mm. da 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 um, Which, again, I think you'd run into in Silent Hill, too. Yep, for um, sure. At the very least with Angela. Uh, or what's her name? Uh, I think that's her name. And um, I, m- the whole thing is just like I don't know. And I'll, even if they do a really good job, you know, you you know, you don't know how reviewers are going to react to one of their favorite games being remade in a different way. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, there's probably going to be people that just can't even get over the fact that it's a different voice. Sure. For for James, character model is so, a lot different too. Yeah. So I just don't trust the reviews on this. Not that I think the reviews are going to be wrong or biased. Or I, I just like. I have a hard time imagining that a remake of one of the most beloved horror games is going to get universal praise. Well, it'll be interesting to see who reviews it. Right. Because I think if people like us review it, who played the originals when they came out, our perspective is going to be different, I think, on this versus somebody who is maybe 25 or 26 years old, who have heard people talk about how awesome Mm -hmm. Silent Hill 2 is, but maybe hasn't gone back and played it because it looks creaky. Fair enough. I can understand that perspective. Or haven't played it because there's no way to play it Right. That's true. Easily. Yeah. I, I hear you. So um, I think it's 50-50 to come out this year. I'm a little more optimistic on whether the game will be good or not because I do like Bloober Team. I think Bloober Team makes great games. They're technically, they've been limited in the past. Like their engine still, to me, still isn't quite up to scratch visually. But as far as creating tension and horror, I think they're great at it. So mm. they have the intangibles, I think, to make a decent horror game. And obviously the bones of Silent Hill 2 Unless you're an idiot, it'd be really hard to screw it up, I think. So I'm a little more optimistic, but again, 50 50 comes out. Like, are they going to soften James? Are they going to soften, like, you know, uh, Bloober Team? Probably not. They they don't shy away from the hard stuff, really. really. Um, but who who knows who's really in charge of calling some of these shots? Yeah. You know, like Blueberry Team. Uh, I mean, I hope it's not Konami. Let's be honest. Right. right. <laughs> I hope Konami's just so, letting but them do like, their thing. Silent Hill Two story is it's dark. It Jacob's is. Ladder, David Lynch stuff. Like it's mm-hmm. it's you know there, there's an, there's an element of of that that like there were games that did stuff like that on the PS2 that they got, got away with it because no one was paying attention. Yeah. You know, no one was looking at the PS2 from the mainstream media at the time. Yeah. It took GTA Three to do that. That's true. Yep. Um, and no one was looking at, G- at Silent Hill 2. And I remember Silent Hill 2 was one of the first things I ever did any field segments for for, for Tech TV back in the day. And I interviewed uh, um, um, Takeyoshi Sato and some of the localizers. And I think we did Yamaoka at one point. Um, they pushed it pretty hard. and uh, But like I remember like how influenced by American culture they were, all, especially uh, Sato. And how they were how the 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 some the, the certain something of silent hill 2 in particular but also also 1 and 3 but especially mm-hmm. 2 was that you were you were playing a horror game presented in english made by japanese developers who were giving you their interpretation and 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 how they loved american horror through their filter and shot back at you. Mm-hmm. And it was a cultural prism 
that just didn't exist anywhere else. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons Silent Hill 1 and 2 particularly were so fascinating, where it was a perspective on horror that literally didn't exist anywhere else. Which, and that's something like that happening in games? Yeah. Very rare. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and that was one of the reasons it happening. Even Sato, I think, at the time said one of the reasons this is a game is because we couldn't afford to make this movie mm-hmm. because budgets for live action movies just weren't right yeah. that high in Japan at the time. And so that was that was why so much is animated too is because yeah. it's cheaper. But like, is Bluebird team going to be able to capture that aspect of Silent Hill Two? My guess would be no. That's a tough ask. And yeah. I'm not saying that everybody who loves Silent Hill Two loves it because of that. Mm-hmm. But I bet even if you didn't notice. Your brain did. Oh, yeah. Subconsciously. And there's going to be a something that you're going to feel something's off. There's a disconnect. I don't know what if it they is. Don't Can't manage put to my finger on that. it. Yeah. And it just, if, like you say, the bones are there, but that the, the, there's more to, to the body than the bones. Yeah. And if Silent Hill 2 comes out not feeling right, you're going to have a disaster on your hands among the fan base. Maybe, you know, it could still blow up among non-fan. You know, right. it could still be a big hit. With I mean, I would argue you're probably movie. smarter to target it towards the non-fans yeah, I would, if you I want it to do really well. You're going to have the fans one <laughs> yeah. way. You're, 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 you know, we're going to be at least we're morbidly curious, yeah. right? Like, you people are already going to be paying attention. Mm-hmm. I think this issue should be targeting people who just want a horror game, yeah. regardless of whether they know what Silent Hill is or not. Yep. I remember I went to cover one of the Silent Hill movies when it came out. And Akira mm. Yamaoka was like the talent that we got to interview for the big premiere. He was there because he had done the music for the film. He yeah. scored it. And I remember our talent could not pronounce her his, his mm. name. Mm. No matter how many times I told her. I'm like, Akira, like the anime. She didn't had never heard of the anime. She's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, Kids. it's the most popular anime ever made. And then Yamaoka, forget it. Mm-hmm. And so she, she finally got Akira. And when she interviewed him, she just kept calling him Akira. It was so bizarre. Anyway, uh, I'm not saying who it was. <laughs> uh, so I anyway, guess. yeah, <laughs> you, probably, you may be able to. It was after I left working with you, mm-hmm. and I was working with somebody else, and that's all I'm going to say. Um, I knew it wouldn't be our people. Nope, because they knew how to pronounce it. Um, they knew what Akira was as well. <laughs> uh, so anyway, He's that's... Like, what is this thing called Akira? <laughs> exactly. That's, uh, a, that's a streamlined dub joke. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's Silent Hill 2 Remake. Again, I think it's 50-50 whether it makes it out this year. Uh, next up, a game called Stellar Blade. Um, this game was formerly known as Project Eve. It's basically an, an action hack and slash from a company called Shift Up Corp. Um, basically, you are dropped into an extinct Earth. You play as a character named Eve. Surprise, surprise. And basically, it's your job to save Earth and protect the surviving citizens of Zion. Um, so it has kind of an eco angle to it. You're trying to save Earth from... It looks like it's already been destroyed. Um, this game's kind of flying under the radar. It doesn't have a hard release date yet. Uh, but it is a PlayStation 5 exclusive and one to maybe keep an eye on. And then really the only other big PlayStation exclusive game coming this year is a game called The Dark Pictures Switchback, right. which is a PlayStation VR 2 exclusive. It does not have a release date yet at all, but it is basically the sequel to what I think a lot of people thought was the best PlayStation 1 VR game, The Rail Shooter um, from Supermassive. So, Because yeah, this is also... The rail massive. shooter from Supermass. Yeah, it's just, they labeled it Dark Pictures because that's their thing and not Until Dark now. Yeah, so it's, until set, dawn, right? it's set in all of the Dark Pictures games. Yeah, and so, the, the first one, you know, Rush of Blood was great. Yeah, it was. It really was good. It was also one of the few games that did not make me sick. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was sure. able to play that game without getting nauseous, even though you literally are riding on a roller coaster the entire time. <laughs> but that's a that's a situation that your brain has context for. Yeah. So like it probably it helps. helps. Yeah. yeah. Helps you get Part over Part of the it. problem is that your brain doesn't know how to interpret the different the data. signals from your eyes and your ears. Right. And, yeah. And your balance organs in your ears. Whereas if you're on a rail, you're like, you're, you're, your brain's like, oh, I know what this is. Yeah. We're fine. I think there's, I think there may be more hype for this than there is for the Horizon game for PlayStation VR 2. I mean, I, well, the other thing about this is it's, it's going to be an easier game to just slap a headset on your friend and say, play this. Yeah. You know, Horizon, you're going to have to go, here's the intro, now you got to learn how to climb. Now you got to learn, learn how to swim. Like, and now you, yeah. VR stuff works better, as, certainly as a social aspect. VR works better as a pick up and play. Yeah, and this is just point and, and shoot. This is, this is, yeah, you don't need to explain. You're on, a, you're on a train, point the thing and shoot things. That's it. Done. Yeah. Like, but again, this does not have a hard release date. At least I didn't see one. Although Vincent is saying it's February 22nd. Interesting. I would be stunned if this wasn't launch. He's saying it is launch. This is, yeah, but the I, research I, that I did said that there was no release date for it. So, yeah, well, I mean, I didn't even know pre-orders went up. Yeah, for the PlayStation. I, I was digging around though, preparing for this show, and I didn't I see know. a release date anywhere. But maybe he. I don't I, even. I, he I, saw pre- a story. Is, or something. Are the pre-orders? Out? Can I? Can you still get? You one? can. You can pre- pre-order at PlayStation.com. That's the only place right. you can pre-order them. That's even weirder. Yeah. <laughs> and which brings us to finally, just generally, PlayStation VR two. It is really PlayStation's big objective for 2023 is to launch. Certainly the first part of it. Yeah, it's next VR HMD. Matt, how do you think this thing's going to do? Yeah. Not, not a chance. I mean, look, I'm going to get one so we can fucking talk about it. But, yeah. like, I, if I, I wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. Like, this is, I, I do not understand. You know, fool me once, shame on yeah, me. I'm not buying it. I bought the last one and I felt like I was burned. I felt I feel bad for recommending it to you guys. Still, I feel guilty. I mean, about I'm recommending keeping it. I'm keeping the receipt to write it off to, to for taxes. Oh yeah, year. for sure, I, definitely, yeah. <laughs> no doubt about it. Um, I do think it's going to be this is vastly by, this superior. Is absolutely a business expense. <laughs> like I, there is no personal interest in this for me. So Johnny is also verifying the PlayStation Store says Switchback is February twenty second. So it is. Well, that a will definitely game. be one of the ones I get. Yeah, I think for a lot of people that'll be the case. Um, I will definitely get Horizon and a Switchback. And we'll see. Yeah, this firewall game doesn't I look don't know. too bad. Tell me what you're interested in, or buy your own games. I don't fucking care. <laughs> Get codes for them, I guess. I, I, yeah, if you can I will. My guess is that the first million units sell real fast. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a rush at the beginning, but it's like, and then I think they'll struggle to sell the second million units, and then it'll pick up around the holidays, and they'll probably get their two million yeah, units sold move by them the end all of the year. The end, but yeah. like. It's not going to be some kind of weird runaway. I mean, I just don't. I think you're going to be able to walk into stores and buy them most of the year. Yeah. And then towards the holidays. I think there'll be a thing like by the summer where you're like, oh, where have they stacked all the PlayStation VRs in the, behind the counter at Best Buy today? Kind right. Of. Yeah. Um, I mean, technically, the technology that you're getting for the money, it's a good deal. No, it's great. It looks, I mean, it, you're the, really the getting. The hardware is, is rock solid. Yeah. But it's like, just. I think a lot of people are like me and they got that burned price on the first and one. that. I mean, it's, it's just. You know, look, it's not like I'm looking at the product and thinking this is bad product. Yeah. It's that I don't trust Sony to support it past launch. Yeah. It'll be interesting, too, to see, you know, because a lot of people bought Quest 2. And a lot of people bought it for $300 before they increased mm-hmm. the price to $400. So it'll be interesting to see if it can pull people Quest away. Quest 2 also isn't trying to sell you $70 games. You're right. But I think Quest 2 is a gateway drug. I think for a lot of people who got it, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I get VR now and I like it. At least a yeah, lot of my I, friends that oh, are casual yeah, but players. But I just think that, 
I think Quest 2 is definitely the template. And, pe- I mean, look, I appreciate that Sony made the fucking Bugatti of VR headsets for this thing. I, yeah. It's gorgeous. The... the the, the 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 resolution's amazing. The foveated rendering's great. The the eye the eye tracking looks great. The controllers look great. Like it looks to still have the same level of comfort and still does according to people who played it at various events. Good ventilation like, and yeah, yeah, it's it's they they they're making a luxury vehicle of a mm-hmm. VR headset. But I don't think that's the future. I think the future is this Quest Two sort of I pick agree. up and play, slap it on your head, play some stuff, put it down, and then done. give it to Grandma. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let Grandma put it on. Like, yeah. I mean, look, I love that they're trying to do this super high high quality Horizon VR game. But I think that the future of v, the you know the 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 lifeblood of VR is Beat Saber. It is. It's not these high end you know Which, avatar by the way, level experiences. <laughs> it is little toys. The other thing it's too, apps. It feels like. PlayStation was so unprepared for launch. Like, yeah. why did they just... And we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but I'll spoil a little bit of the discussion. Why did they just now announce at CES that Beat Saber is coming to PlayStation VR 2? Who, in their right mind, when they're sitting in meetings for this for months and months, wasn't like, the most important thing we can do you have is to. make sure that Beat Saber is available for this on launch day. Yeah. There's even, nothing even in their more important. presentation where they're like, this is our launch thing. And like Beat Saber wasn't in there. There's nothing more important. And there were even people that were assuming that Beat Saber was in there and they just yeah. didn't talk about it because it was so obvious. Yeah. But I didn't think, I, I think that recent announcement is, I think they just finished that deal. I yeah, think they probably whatever did. Whatever that was that took so long, I think that was the closest they could get. To I feel announcing. like they were asleep at the wheel while this thing was being built and they're waiting to figure out how to like market it and promote it. Like, I just, I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. It's the most popular VR game by 20 miles, and you don't have it ready? Like, honestly, Beat Saber 2 should have been done, dusted, launch game, exclusive launch game for PlayStation VR 2. That's the kind of things you do when you want your VR HMD to be a success out of the gate. You take the most popular game ever released for VR, you make a better new version for it, and you pay the money to get it exclusively for your platform. What are they doing? I... The, they put the cart ahead of the horse. I feel like in a lot of ways with PlayStation VR too. Well, I think there's, there feels like it feels like there's a point of um, it feels like they were too far down the road. Yeah, like maybe you 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 you're, you've sunk so much cost in this. It has to come out. It has to because especially like it feels like right now is a bad time to release this thing mm-hmm. too. You know, with the you know inflation starting to recover a little bit, but the mm-hmm. economy is not amazing. People do not have a lot of extra money laying around. Yeah. Um, it's, a lot of people still can't find a PlayStation 5 or haven't got one right. yet. They've only sold 30 million still and at even this point. If you're talking about, like, finally, okay, finally you can get a PlayStation 5. Like, say, so if you're trying to sell a headset to that person, you're asking that person to put down more than $1,000 yeah. before taxes and before buying any games for the thing. Yep. What? Yep. What? Yep. Who is this for? I don't know. We'll see. Again, I think... I think the hardcore fanboys will snatch them up. Sure. million sold, no problem, pretty much. They may even yeah. get a million pre But pre-orders. considering you've got a, a, a potential audience of 100 million people yep. for a console, selling, a, selling them 2 million of something is not particularly yeah. impressive. It's 2% penetration of your install base, ultimately. So, And then you're talking about how much, you know, what percentage of that user base is going to buy each game. Are you ever going to be able to justify throwing that much money at a VR game the way you did with that Horizon thing again? If you're selling maybe 100,000 copies? Has it not already proven that it won't? Right. I mean, it kind of has. So, buyer beware. I just, I just don't know where the 
what the idea what what what's the what's the goal here what's the overall yeah. target we're telling you right now buyer beware with playstation Absolutely. vr 2 if you buy it and you're disappointed don't snap back at us because we're trying to tell you right now um and then finally matt before we move on from playstation what about all the games as a service do you think any of like what did they say there's going to be 10 before like yeah. the first quarter of 2024 yeah they said that, that doesn't that mean there's gonna have to be some of them that come out this year yeah like what about bungie that was one thing Pactor said. He said he thought Bungie would have a game this year for PlayStation. That seems unlikely. He's like, I don't... His argument was, I don't think that PlayStation would have spent that much for Bungie if Bungie had not shown them something that they had been working on that could be completed in relatively short time See, frames. See, my th- feeling when they bought Bungie, and I would, turned out to be right, was that they wanted them as basically in-house consultants mm. for everybody else. Yeah, I mean, that was in the press release. Yeah. And, and it was exactly what they did three months later. And yeah. announced they were doing this thing, and Bungie is advising. Like, they want Bungie's expertise on this. Yeah. That's one of the reasons Bungie's being allowed to continue Destiny 2 on all platforms under their own auspices without having Sony making any decisions for them. I'm sure that was part of the deal. It's like, you want what we know, you want like our magic touch, we get to keep doing the thing that benefits us and just us. Yeah. So um, I would be very surprised if Sony was able to convince Bungie to, you know, splinter off part of their team to make another thing for Sony. Yeah. I think Bungie is there as high level and maybe even, embedded consultants for other projects under the Sony umbrella. You think, for the time being, I think eventually, sure. Like, yeah. Sponge will probably, I think it's too soon for that. I don't think there's been enough time. Some of these games are starting to leak out. Like, early test footage over mm-hmm. the weekend, there was a third-person shooter. Literally, like, five seconds of footage leaked out on Reset right. Era. And they, they clamped That down was on shut that down fast. real fast. Yeah. Literally within, like, half a day it was gone and taken down um so some of the stuff is starting to leak out but matt that game looked like it had been in development for like a week mm-hmm. like this stuff is still really early like i don't think yeah. we'll see jade raymond's game this no, year no, no definitely not i mean but we'll see you know like uh i can never even remember is it factions what are you talking the, about the last of us multiplayer thing oh yeah, its own yeah. thing now like we might see be, that this year that'll be only that. because they have the manpower to brute force something like that through the pipeline and get it done it was been years it has yeah you're right because those rumors have been swirling about that for a while so yeah. they've been working on it so for that'll a while. be that's one of them that you're probably right that'll probably make it this year um but again we have really no footage hardly of that yeah. like <laughs> I, also i'm gonna say like a lot of the second half of the stuff we don't know about yet i bet a lot of that's those things. is that stuff yeah you know, my guess is it probably comes from like the smaller guys that are in on these deals like fire sprite and studios like that mm-hmm. like my guess is like they aren't big blockbuster games as a service. There may be a, a game with a really clever idea mm-hmm. that doesn't have over the top production value, so to speak. Yeah, um, but still the idea is conveyed. And there's like some th- you know, some things they mentioned in the past that might have been adapted into those things. Like I would I could see Firewalk becoming yeah. one of those. Yeah, um, I'm not wouldn't be thrilled about it. But yeah, like, yeah, I'm very skeptical about the game as a service stuff until you show it to me yeah, yeah what, me too what was the one we're not big fans let's be the, honest what was the of that genre coming for xbox it starts with an a it's a shooter aeons and or a is it's soon it's it's got some, is it, was, it a game as a service no it's a shooter but like it was like the it was like that first next gen game they showed years ago with like the demo it was just like running around a little wasteland blowing stuff up hmm. it begins with an a i don't know maybe someone in um, chat will know. It, can't, it comes out like in march or april but like I was like, eh, and, and I and suddenly I saw a thing that said like, oh, this is all single player. There's no multiplayer. There's no online component. It's just a big single player like shooter. And I'm like, oh, now you got my attention. Yeah. Like, now, now, 
Um, so I'm I, so I, it's not impossible, yeah. like to do that. So what was the other one um, that changed my? Oh, uh, Red Redfall. Uh, they clarify it's like, oh, everyone's comparing our game to Left 4 Dead, but it's actually more like our Far Cry 2. Yeah. Like, oh, now you have that was my, encouraging. You had yeah. my like my attention. Now you have my curiosity, kind of thing. I was like, yeah. I can't talk about that game, unfortunately. There, there's an NDA on the beta. Mm, uh, Redfall <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. Atomic Heart. That's what. That's it. Was. it. Yeah, yeah. Atomic Heart. Good cost and a tyke. Uh, Shane A28. Thank you for Twitch Prime. While, um, while but yeah, my, my opinion on Redfall has suddenly shifted when they said that. Especially not. Especially because they didn't just say Far Cry. They specified Far Cry Two, mm-hmm. which is rough. But it is one of those games where you're like, oh, I wish you'd followed some of these threads yeah. more than the way Far Cry 3 took it. I would say maybe think about something in the middle. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's already that's better That's say. already better than what I was imagining. Right. Yeah. Because I don't want another Left 4 Dead thing. Yeah. I don't care about that. Yeah. But. Uh, but otherwise, that's it for PlayStation, That what we know of for 2023 right now. So really the big push is... PlayStation VR 2, the first half of the year. And there are some big exclusives, most of them third-party exclusives, I would add, not first-party. Mm-hmm. And then my guess is Spider-Man's their big second-half exclusive, and maybe they slide one other first-party thing in there somewhere. You could slide one of the Game as a Services in there alongside Spider-Man and not yeah. really be in competition. Yep. Um, but as of right now, looking a little bit like a lean year for PlayStation, I would argue. Coming on mm-hmm. the heels of last year, that's a little concerning, I, I think. I mean, last year was only like three exclusives. Yeah. Which, like, that's what I'm I think, saying. Like, where are the games? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of them. Yeah. I think we'll find out more of them. The pro- I'm not worried about how many games there will be for PlayStation. I'm worried about whether I'm going to care about the quality. Them. Yeah. You know, like, yep. That's that's the issue for me. Is like are these games. Are, I mean, you see, games. Are, I'm not going to discount you, but you're going to have to prove yourself to make yourself make me think that I'm, you're worth playing. Especially if you're still going to charge seventy bucks for it. Yeah, we we're not the types that just gobble up games as a service like some others do. So we have a pretty uh, skeptical eye towards no, that. And somehow. even when I like, you know, like I didn't, I certainly didn't dislike Avengers. I, I like the the mm-hmm. campaign I played. Yeah, I enjoyed then, it too. But the game as a service part sucked. It did. I never hardly played it. I, After yeah, I finished the campaign, I tried, like, I tried dude, yeah, man, I couldn't do it. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's PlayStation for 2023. Next, we're going to talk about Nintendo. My platform of the year for 2022 was a Nintendo Switch. Can Nintendo keep the momentum going no. in 2023? <laughs> You're kind of right. <laughs> the answer is kind of no. it's the same thing as Sony. We don't know what the hell happens after June. It really, You're right. It really is kind of that way. Now, to be fair... Nintendo does this all the time. It does. Yeah. And like it, we routinely do not know what the second half of the year is for Nintendo. And it routinely delivers but pretty heavily. A, but there is a bigger concern this year for me. And that is like, that is because I think, and I don't seem to be the only one, I think uh, Tears of the Kingdom is the last great Switch game. I think it's the last big Switch project. It's the last announced big Switch mm-hmm. project. I, anything else of this caliber, I think you are holding for the next system. So that's the first thing I want to discuss. Will there be new Nintendo hardware announced this year? I think so. Released this year, probably not. Mm-hmm. But I think this is where they finally admit that. I think so another, too. Well, after Zelda's out, after Zelda sold its copies, guess what? Here comes another system that you'll also be able to play Zelda on. Then it will actually run better and run better. And yeah, you're gonna yeah for sure. Yeah. Why haven't we heard about Metroid Prime Four? Because Metroid Prime Four is on the next system. Yeah. Um, I would say 65% that they'll announce a new new hardware yeah, this would, year. I it's been so. six years. Yep. Six years this it's March. It's time. 
Yeah, it's time. And I agree with you. I don't think it'll release this year. I think it'll release March of next year. Yeah. So like 15 months from now, like a year and a few months from now would be my guess. And I also agree with you. There will be like Tears of the Kingdom Deluxe or whatever that they'll release for whatever Nintendo's next hardware is. This is something that Pactor agrees with us on. He also believes that Nintendo will announce new hardware this year. Mm -hmm. It's just time. It's actually past time for Nintendo to do it. Like and there's things that you know, I, I do think that Zelda is the last big switch. But like, how in the world were there not two 3D Mario games on this system? I don't know. How the hell did you both? People seem to. I forget that Odyssey came out the same year as Breath of the Wild. It's like, been six years since a 3D and Mario. Part game. of me can kind of, sort of, get my head around and understand the idea that it takes you six years to make a Zelda follow up. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's still sorta, a long time, kinda. man. <laughs> that's still a know, really long but, time. But like more than just making another freaking Mario game, considering, like I think you pretty much nailed the formula on that one. Other than I think you know, I got I've complained about the um, the um, the you know, basically uh, uh, collectible inflation, where like if I get the same collectible from for doing a really hard platforming section as i do from butt stomping a sand lump. yeah like you have sort of it's not quite the same as getting a gold star in mario 64 is it yeah it's you know, true doesn't Absolutely. feel the same um but i do feel like the formula was pretty much nailed down and i don't understand why you could especially i mean look you already kind of had the proof of concept in bowser's fury which like, that's the other thing i would if say that had been a full game i would have been perfectly it's pretty happy great with it. bowser's yeah, fury it is, is pretty great and you could there's a lot of work it's a that really that. good evolution of like both yeah. the ideas in 3d world and odyssey like, yeah it but it wasn't like six synthesis. years of good no, work. No, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there, honestly. Um, I mean, here's the thing. Zelda. When you start... Kirby game. Kirby yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. Kirby my friend my friend texted Kirby me. Kirby game. Kirby game. Kirby game. My friend texted me yesterday about Kirby. He's like, because apparently his kid and and and, and kids cut his, his nephew were arguing over Kirby and whether Kirby could swallow a black hole. <laughs> and he said, how powerful? How, what, what do you know about Kirby? I was like, well, how powerful is Kirby? And I basically said... Kirby is the mo one of the most powerful beings in fiction. Yeah. And he's like, if he was in Marvel, the Marvel Universe, how powerful would he be? I'm like, Galactus would need to worry. Right, he could like inhale he, Galactus. And I sent him, and I sent him the, the, the little bio screen of him where he says he describes him as a small pink being of infinite power. Like, that's canon. Yeah. Like, that's, that's how HAL Laboratories describes their own character. Infinite power. Power. Yeah. And he's like, what? That's really. And like, he's like, so he could swallow black. I'm like, he could swallow the black hole and then he could use the powers of the black hole to do whatever he wanted. Yeah. Cause he could then just. And he would absorb the abilities of the black hole. Yeah. And then he could spit the black hole at out. Him. Yeah. Wherever. And he's like, that's actually kind of scary. I'm like, Kirby yes. is an eldritch he's, being. He's terrifying. Kirby is yeah. one of the most terrifying <laughs> creatures in all of fiction. It is. And if Kirby ever realized that about himself, we might be in trouble. <laughs> But he would never realize that about himself because he's Kirby. Right. It's not his disposition to be that way. Yeah. So, um, so, so yes, the, the legend of Kirby is spreading among <laughs> among the non-hardcore. That's funny. Saying. The kids know. The yeah. kids know. I love. I was like, they're not arguing whether he could. Whether he could like beat Thanos. They're arguing whether he could eat a black hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is an instinctual knowledge of Kirby's power level that I'm glad the new generation has already. Yep, absolutely. Um, so we're in agreement. It's not, Nintendo's probably going to announce new hardware this year. Um, 4K. You assuming it's going to be able to play games in 4K? <laughs> no, I don't think it will. Really? No, I think you'll be lucky if it's 2K. Really? Because it's not. That would be very Nintendo to do a 2K system. Yeah. 
Look, look at all. 2,000. That's way more 1,000 than before. The one thing that could push them into 4K, I think, is if they are really looking at what I think the success of the Mario movie is going to be. There is a real chance that, and if they're thinking ahead, they, they might realize this, that if that Mario movie is a big hit, and I think it will be. I do too. Like, yeah. I have not seen audience reaction to a trailer like this since Spider-Man No Way Home. I haven't really seen anyone say anything bad about um, it. People freak out when that thing plays in yeah. theater. I saw, like, and it doesn't matter what movie it is. Like, it, like, it could be, you go to a horror movie. Horror, and people are still like, Mario! It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, everybody in the whole theater is like, it's Wah! Like, yeah. Wah! And it's just like... Um, oh man! And so yeah, I think that I think that movie is going to make a billion dollars. I, I think, think so too. It's going to be huge. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I think there's a chance that because if that penetrates the zeitgeist, like the way the Sonic thing, I mean, the fact that you hear kids just going around talking about Sonic the fucking Hedgehog. Again, I know because of those movies it's is really incredible. Weird. It is. But yeah. Sonic, that's what kids expect Sonic to look like now. Yeah. And the Mario movie could create a thing where you expect that's what Mario is going to look like. Yeah. And, so they need and the you hardware. You need power. more powerful hardware yeah. to make that. Because that one of the most frustrating things about those trailers for that movie is you look at that and you're like, if Mar if, if Nintendo was putting out hardware like Sony does, that's what that's Mario what games Mario would, look would look like. I know. I felt the same way when I watched it. Yep. And so, so yeah, part of that movie kind of pisses me off. <laughs> yep. And the room. Oh, and and the word is, and I believe this for reasons. Um, Illumination's already working on a Zelda movie. Oh, wow! So I think I think it sounds like they are very internally happy I, with what Illumination. The response did. to it has been amazing. So yeah. as, I would say, look forward to a Zelda movie maybe sooner than you think. Yeah, going back to the long development cycles of the next 3D Mario and Tears of the Kingdom, six years. You're you're coming up on Naughty Dog development cycles there. Mm -hmm. I mean, Naughty Dog seven Naughty years. Naughty Dog made Last of Us Part Two faster than that. Think about that. I mean, Tears of the Kingdom better be something special. That's what I'm saying. Like, through it the roof. better just tear special. the house down. That's all I'm going to say after like, all this time. Yeah, tear the roof down of the kingdom. Yep, absolutely. Um, I mean, this. I mean, we don't really know a lot about it, really. No. Certainly, gameplay. We really so, don't. It's like, when this thing gets finally blown out in a direct, it better be like, oh my god, no wonder it took him six it years. It better to blow people thing. away. But yeah. I think most of it is probably just making all this stuff work, work on, this, on, on this the hardware. Work on the hardware. I agree hardware. with you. I think that's where all the time went. Yep. Okay, let's start going through all these games. Um, and again, we're going to do these chronologically by release date. And then at the end, we'll get to the point where we have games that we're not sure about the release dates, and we'll discuss whether we think they're coming out this year. First up, Fire Emblem Engage comes out January 20th. Yeah, I think this one's probably going to make it. So <laughs> this one's definitely making it. Yeah. Um, well, again, first we're discussing games with actual release dates. And this one is the 20th, coming up here in a couple weeks. There's been previews that have been published here over the last few days or so. Um, a lot of people are saying it cuts down on a lot, a lot of the frivolities of the last Fire Emblem, and it's really just more about like that turn-based combat. Yeah, it definitely feels more of a, a more of an old-school Fire Emblem. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm okay with that. I me too. I love the three houses uh, like approach, the kind of the Persona meets Fire Emblem thing, but also like that's a commitment. Like that's I don't a need long, it yet. Yeah, I don't need another one. I, I, but I would like to play a nice Fire Emblem strategy game. Agreed. Without having to wade through all the social yeah dance song and dance. It's been three so, cool. years I'm into that. since. Three houses, which blew my mind because the game was so big. Like yeah. I don't need one yet. And I don't because, need another one. And because um, the uh, the Muso game recaptured that so well, it did. Yeah. That I doubly feel like I don't. You're need right that because it yet. had a lot of those same elements yeah. in it. Yeah, it it it, re, it really nailed that. It did so, shockingly. That was actually a really good game. I think I still think that's, I still games. think that's the best Muso game that they've ever made. It probably. It I think probably that is. is their best game. Yeah. 
Um, so I'm excited for this. Yeah. I, I like it. that it's going to be different from Three Houses. If it was Three Houses, I would kind of be dreading playing it. Because I'd be like, I don't know if I'm ready for another 60-some well, hour. I'm, I'm into this. It's kind of like, like it's, it feels like more like a like a purifier emblem. Yeah. And I'm into, I'm into that. I agree. This is, this is exactly the t the, what I want right now. I also like the visuals, the art style and stuff better in this. Yeah. Um, and it, again, it looks like it's more straightforward, more focused on the turn-based battles um, and strategy, which yeah, I, obviously I Three Houses had. But Oh, yeah, for sure. But it... It's not what jumps out at me. When I think of that game, I don't think of the turn-based battle. No. I think of all the... No, I think about the school. The, yeah, the school stuff. <laughs> and all the other weird stuff that was going on there. So again, this comes out on January 20th, just in a couple weeks here. We'll be talking about it on Game Face in plenty of time for you guys to decide whether you want to buy it or not. Um, another game that I maybe shouldn't have included, but I did because I feel like it's a Nintendo game, the Tales of Symphonia remaster. Mm. Um that is coming out. Yeah, this is on everything, right? It is, yeah. It's not just Nintendo, but because the original was a GameCube, GameCube. exclusive, I decided to, to slide it in here. Yeah, this, uh, is, this is just the PC version, it seems like. This is coming out February 17th, so about a month after Fire Emblem. It is going to cost 40 bucks. That seems about right to me. Yeah, Maybe a little, a little cheaper a little would make steep, sense. But yeah, you probably, probably 30. You'd probably get the PC version, which is, I think, the same thing pretty much for 19 yeah. Or less. Yep. So, yeah, you're right. Maybe the price is a little steep. But, I mean, that's just, that's that's Switch ports. I uh, haven't played this in 20 years. <laughs> I played the PC version, like, during the lockdown, like, 2020. And it was still, I didn't finish it because it's a long game. But, like, I played this game good. when I had just got hired at Tech TV. This was the first, one of the first games I played after I was hired at Tech TV to start working on extended play with you guys. Um, that's how long ago this game came out. And that's how long it's been since I played it. What I remember of it, though, the story is great. And I feel like that will still hold up today. I don't know. It's, no? It's all right. Yeah? It's it's very drawn out. And it does. It definitely it takes a long time. I think I spent... Almost seventy hours there's playing a, there's this a game. Bunch of, there's a bunch of clumsy stuff where, like, the the younger kid, the kid with the gray hair, like, finds like a non-human, like, basically, it, they kind of do like a boy in the striped pajamas thing. No, where, like the kid, he's like, there's a non-human prison camp sort of thing, and like, you have to go. F he's feeding them, and like, no, you shouldn't mess with them. They're there for a re it's like it's like a really clumsy Holocaust metaphor. That oh. I'm like, I don't know if we needed yeah. that in the, in the <laughs> Tales of Symphonia, in the Bond Namco <laughs> action RPG. But okay, this um, game was way ahead of its time, though, man. As far as action RPGs are concerned, oh yeah. well, it was a. I think this was a. As someone who had already been playing the Tales games, like this was a very natural evolution of what they'd already been doing. Yeah. Um, and I think we actually missed one in the U.S. I think one of, between. Between uh, on the PS One, I think something didn't come here. Hmm. Oh, um, I'm between with that. Tales of because Tales of Destiny and Tales of Destiny Two, uh, they're not the only ones that were in there before this one. But we didn't get a couple of them. Mm -hmm. The Tales series is fascinating because there's a bunch of them that never came here. Yeah. Um, and so we would see flashes where like suddenly this one came out. And you're like, oh my god, this is such a big jump from Tales of Destiny Two. But it's like, oh, there was another one in there that sort of bridges that. But also. It's terrible and nobody wants it. So it's like, yeah. it's a very weird series. It goes back and forth all the time. In hindsight, it's weird that this was a GameCube exclusive. And in Japan, there was actually a green GameCube released just for this game that now is worth a ton of money if you have one. 
Um, I remember that, yeah. But, uh, yes, yeah, still surprising to me 20 years later that this was a, a GameCube exclusive way back in the day. Uh, but anyway, mm-hmm. that is selling for 40 bucks, maybe a little bit too steep, coming out on February 17th. Next up, Kirby's... Yeah, Tales of Eternity. That thought was, that came to the U.S. It did, but it was, that was I think that was Tales of... Two and then Tales of Destiny, actual Tales of Destiny two on the PS two never came here. Oh, okay, I, that's right. Yep, I think you're right. Yeah, they renamed Tales of Eternity Tales of Destiny two here. Yep, and the Tales of Fantasia never came here until recently, which I think was on the Switch, where they finally brought that over because that was a Super Nintendo, that was a Super Famicom. Yeah, yeah, yep. That game, that series, been around forever. It has. It's made a lot of money for Bandai Namco over the years. Um, next up. A Wii game being reimagined for Switch, Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe, is coming out a week after Tales of Symphonia on February 24th. Do you remember this game for the Wii? Hmm? Nah. Yeah. Well, it's Kirby. So many Kirby games. <laughs> Kirby game, Kirby game, Kirby yeah. game. <laughs> Who can keep track? I mean, they. you're right, though. I they use it to attention. fill all the holes. I stopped paying attention after Kirby's Air Ride. Yeah. Kirby has never been a franchise that I've kept close dibs on really um i tend to play almost all the games for whatever reason but i've i can't say that there's a single kirby game that's in like my top 50 games no, of all time they're very dependable they're they're like a good cheeseburger yeah they're there's, comfort food you're game. never gonna tell someone about it years later but yeah. like it was, it was it was what you wanted at the time <laughs> yep but again this is a wii game that has been reimagined and it comes to switch on the 24th the game is from 2011 so this game's already 11 12 years old um, and the, the premise of the game is Kirby goes back to the land of dreams after what was the prior dreamland game? I would imagine Kirby's dreamland too. Yeah. And that was, Return, that was like the game boy, right? The, <laughs> yeah. It's been a long time. Um, so if you're a Kirby fan, I think this holds some value. I think for most people though, it's just a, a calendar filler, a hole in the, in yeah, the release just, calendar uh, to fill up. Um, next game coming out that we know about on the same day, Octopath Traveler 2 comes out on February 24th. This game is $60, Matt. Yeah. Um, although from what I've seen about and know about it, it maybe justifies it because it is gigantic. They are big. Yeah. They're big And it is addressing the thing that my main complaint about the first one, which was that you have eight different characters with eight different stories and those stories never cross over with each other. Like these will. These all, like they. It does have the separate stories though. All the separate stories, but they will, they will incorporate whatever characters you have with you into the story. mm -hmm. It's, it's no longer this weird separate thing where like the other characters in your party are just sort of incidental. Like it will take into account who's with you. Yep. Um, Which is all I want. That was my main thing with the first one was that, was that you need these stories to be more, Organic. Integrated really. into yeah. each other, yeah. Um, and it does still have the 2D, 3D yeah, the, visual the, style. I think they call it 2D HD. Yeah. Or something like that. Which it. is weird. It's an actual but... term Square uses <laughs> it is, for this yeah. style of, of art. Yep. The original came out in 2018. Um, this, by the way, also is a good example of um, the epic novel structure. Yeah. Like they are trying to come back to that version. These are. These are individual stories, but they are not serialized. They are, um, it, it feels much more like a giant novel that jumps perspective mm-hmm. over the course. But there are eight separate stories in this one as well. And as Matt pointed out, they are trying to make sure that the stories integrate in, 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 mm-hmm. and overlap with each other better than they did the last time. Yeah. So and if they pull that off, they're going to they're gonna please me greatly. 60 bucks, too much for me. Not for me. I I'll, mean, I'll go, I'll go in for that. Really? 
I mean, how, isn't that how much triangle strategy was? Too? Yeah, also overpriced, like in my I opinion. Mean, Square overprices these things in general, but in terms of this, at least this is something that no one else is doing. That's true. Yeah. Um, next up, another game that kind of caught me by surprise towards the end of the year last year, and that is Bayonetta Origins. It is a prequel to the Bayonetta franchise, but it's kind of this indie-ish, top-down action adventure with, like, pastel visuals. It... It's this weird attempt to try to like branch the IP out so you can do so it's not just about cheaper, faster TNA games. and games well, so that take also, six years to make. Yeah, so you don't have to make a giant <laughs> character action game every time you want to use the Bayonetta yeah. license. I think this game is going to tank hard. It does seem to be who asked for this yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, as, as you like to say, a solution in search of a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was announced and really just... It has. It does have a little bit of an Okami yep. vi- oh, vibe to it that I kind of dig, but like yeah. I don't know. I just yeah, I don't know. I mean, I may play it and really like it. I just think most people are just going to completely forget about it and not care that it even comes I out. I think it's hard to tell what you're looking at. It even is. Even if you are a Bayonetta, you fan, never like, you never think know this that. is a Bayonetta game no. ever. Like it doesn't look like her either, other than when they show the close up of her there. But like the top down view, she's so small you can't even tell what it's supposed to be. So. Yeah, I don't have high hopes for this. And again, it is kind of an indie spinoff thing. It's not like a big typical Bayonetta release and after we've seen the sales of the last couple Bayonetta games for the big releases which haven't been stellar I struggle to think that that game is going to do much or have much traction that is coming out on March 17th so basically a month after Octopath Traveler 2 and Kirby um, and then that the next jump is to May 12th Matt which is The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom so think about all the games we just talked about those games are supposed to get you to May on Switch not a I great there's lineup. There's a couple things we don't know about for April yet. Maybe. Actually, well, well, on Switch, I mean, probably third, maybe some third-party stuff and a whole bunch of mobile ports. But Nintendo-made stuff doesn't seem like it. No, is. it sure doesn't. We're gonna, you never know. Like, Nintendo's weird. That, you know, there might be a direct in February. It's like, oh, by the way, in April, we're dropping a new, I don't know. Kirby game. That's where Pikmin 4 goes. <laughs> yeah, no, the, I was going to say Kirby game. but like, Yeah, it, probably they'll have another Kirby game to fill the void. Um, I mean, what what is there really to say about The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom at this point? Like, we, as Matt said earlier, we don't have a lot of Resistance information. Resistance is futile. Yeah. <laughs> we're all going to buy it. We're all going to play it. We cannot hopefully, get out. Yeah, it is coming. Hopefully, we're all going to like it. We'll see how it goes. This game has been in yeah. development for six freaking years. I look forward to the six months where you're not allowed to criticize it. Right. <laughs> and then everybody realizes somewhere around November that, like... We were right. Oh, no, there were... <laughs> There are some problems here, but I don't care about them. And then a year later, I was like, mm, I don't really want, I, don't, I actually didn't like that very much. And then, like, it'll turn around again. I look forward to us legitimately criticizing it for things that should be yeah. criticized for, and then watching the subscriber numbers on YouTube fall mm. for the next two weeks. <laughs> it took two years before you could say negative things about Breath of the Wild and not right. instantly get, like, tarred and feathered. Yeah. And, I mean, we were critical of it right out of the gate. So, we were never, like, fawning over it. I mean, I've always said, like, uh, Breath of the Wild is a great proof of concept for a Zelda overworld, and I can't wait for them to make a real game out of it. Yeah. We'll see if that's what happens here with Tears of the Kingdom. But we don't really need to talk about this. You guys are all going to buy it, regardless of what we say about it. And we're all going to play it. This is the most bulletproof release of the year. And we'll all get together, and we'll talk about whether we actually liked it or not. But we're all going to buy it, and we're all going to play it. And that, Matt, is it for games that actually have release dates for Switch. So what you said earlier when we first started discussing this about how, you know, this is like the last year for big Switch games, it kind of adds up. So there are 
three games that are announced right now for Switch that do not have release dates, mm -hmm. and we're going to discuss whether we think they're coming out or not. First up, Advanced Wars Reboot Camp 1 Plus 2 Rework. So the first two Advanced Wars for Switch. The game was supposed to come out last year two different times. It was delayed two different times because of the war in Ukraine going on right now. Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Slava Ukraine. Um, when do you think Nintendo gets over this and releases it? I don't know. It should have already, in my it opinion, should've it should have already. already. No I think cares. even if you talk to someone think Zelensky, who's fighting in Ukraine. I think Zelensky needs to call Nintendo <laughs> and be like, hey, we're cool with it's it. Okay. Just put it out. It's yeah. fine. There's been like... Four Believe me, we have bigger things to worry <laughs> yeah. about right now. There's been like 400 other war games that have come out in that time. Yeah. I mean, look, I respect Nintendo for what it's doing, what it did with this, but now it's kind no of become ridiculous. Associate yeah. that with put this. it out. Like when you're talking about like there's a direct in April like and maybe like this is the game I think like, there, like the one nation is very clearly Russia mm -hmm. in this and it is like, yeah maybe just maybe they need to change some imagery or something and maybe or, that's what they're doing might might be or like change at least change the translation so they're not like mixing in like da with things or right like like Russian lingo because yeah. I'm sure it sounds like that it sounds like something localizers would do yeah this is like sort of make them speak like stereotypical Russians if you haven't played these games they're amazing. They're amazing yeah, turn-based strategy games. Especially the second one. Like, second I one's highly great. recommend all... Both of them are great. Like, honestly. But, so, I highly recommend this. When Nintendo finally decides to release it, oh, go... Sure. I can tell you already, go buy it. But, when do you think this will happen this year? If I at all. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. It feels like if it hasn't released it by now, it may never. Yeah, I could, I could see this just vanishing forever. That's crazy. But... And on some level, I respect what Nintendo's doing. On other levels, it's, it's asinine. So... <laughs> We'll yeah, see. It's, just, it's it's very silly. We'll see if it makes it out or not this year. Next up, Pikmin Four. Very short teaser trailer we have of this so far. Not a ton of information about mm -hmm. how it's different from other Pikmin games. Does that matter? It's no, been so long since Pikmin Three that I think this will make it this fact, year. Yeah. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if this was April. Really? I I feel like Miyamoto wants this out in spring. This is a spring. It makes game. sense. And everyone's doing gardening doing and everything. Gardening, all the flowers are blooming. I think I think you want to release this in, in April. I could see that. I could absolutely see that. I will not be surprised if we get a direct like this month or next month that's suddenly like Pikmin 4, here's a big thing coming out April 22nd or whatever. Yeah. This would be a good this game is for 420. <laughs> yeah. Because this is not going to interfere with like with Zelda. Or yeah, anything. not at all. Um, I think 80% sure this comes out this year. Yeah. We've also been told or heard, and Finally, heard that it's later. been done for like two yeah, years. So for a long time. I think it's very safe to say that this game makes like, it I out. think Miyamoto intimated it was done on the Wii U. Yes. Yeah. It's been done for a while. So should be good to go on that one. Next up, a game I think we're not good to go on. Metroid Prime 4. Yeah, this is... Do you don't think this year at all? No. I think this is next system. Launch game. Yeah. I think we might see the Metroid Prime 1 remake remasters remake remakes whatever they do with them i think yeah. that would be the, probably this year metroid prime i agree i think it'll probably it, i think it will release for switch i think it'll be yeah. a dual system release kind of how zelda was yeah i think so so i think you'll get zelda tears of the kingdom deluxe and metroid prime 4 for the launch of nintendo's next console mm -hmm. and that will be an amazing launch lineup yeah I mean, it's just, I'm still amazed that the Prime remaster didn't make it for the 20th anniversary. Yeah, hard to believe. But again, but. after you see the sales of Metroid games, it's not that hard to believe, though. Except the last Metroid game sold the best of the entire franchise, and Metroid Prime was the top seller in the franchise before that. So yeah. if there's any game you would re-release, it's Metroid Prime 1. Yeah, there's some momentum, for sure. Um, so what percentage would you say of Metroid Prime 4 coming this year? Zero. 
Zero? Not I'd give chance. it 10%. Because they do still have to have something big for Q4. Yeah, but it ain't that. Yeah. And that's I wonder not, what it'll be. And that's not big. Yeah. Frankly. Technically, like, you're right. That's, yeah. you know, that's a two million seller if you're lucky. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think they have Mario. I mean, it's due. Yeah. That could be the one that they show at E3. And then it comes out in yeah. the holiday. Oh, no. It's a new Pokemon. <laughs> three in like 18 months yeah it would be the, the uh, another legends that would be a huge mistake um or a let's go gold silver yep and then finally the game that pactor thinks will be the launch game for the next console mario kart 9 yeah i guess that would track That'd imagine track. that launch lineup though zelda deluxe metroid prime 4 and mario kart 9 for the launch of nintendo's next hardware yeah kaboom Kaboom! That's a little something for everyone. Yeah, it'd be gigantic. Like maybe the best Nintendo launch lineup ever, if that would actually happen. I don't know. It's, gonna be, it's hard to beat the GameCube for me. Yeah. That was a lot of good stuff, and it had um, Rogue Leader. Yeah. First party was. You want to make me real happy? Put that Rogue that Rogue Squadron trilogy remake that never came out for Wii. Oh yeah. That was literally finished. They finished that. They they, they remade all three Rogue Leaders, and they just didn't put them out. Yeah. Yeah. This B-roll, by the way, is from the Wii U version of Mario Kart 8. <laughs> That's how old this B-roll is. This is some of the first ever B-roll that I processed for Game Face. Oh, yeah. You can kind of see the, the, the jaggies around Boo. Yep. There. Back when uh, when the site and Game Face launched, this was one of the first games we covered. And this is some of the very first B-roll ever for Game Face that you're watching here right now. So um, that just shows you how long it's been mm -hmm. since there was a new Mario Kart game. <laughs> like, it's really nuts that um, that is the case. They but certainly haven't needed it. They haven't. Um, and other than that, that's it for Nintendo. That's all we know mm -hmm. for 2023. That's awful. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, all they need is Zelda. That's true. That first to carry this year, because they'll sell 25 and million. Clearly, you know, I mean, with the install base now, how many will they sell of Tears of the Kingdom? Lots. Like 30 well, million? Maybe, well, I don't know. Well, see, that would buck a trend, because traditionally, every other time, every, every other time, they've released a second Zelda on a system, and it sold half of what the first did. That's true. Every time. That's true. Yeah. But they've also been doesn't less even matter lesser if games. Doesn't even matter if they're sequels. Yeah. It's been half. But they have been lesser games, I would argue. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think most people disagree with you on Majora's Mask. I wouldn't. I think some people would disagree. I, the, the hardcore fans think Majora's Mask is like the greatest. It's better than Ocarina of Time? Oh, yeah. Wow. They, a lot of people think it's the best Zelda, period. Ooh. I would um, definitely it, not agree with that. It was the first Zelda I didn't like very much. Yeah, I know. Frankly. Me too. I, I, just, I struggled to finish I don't like it. timers, and I don't like doing things over and over again. Yeah. And, um... That's all. That's that all game it is. is. That's the whole game. Yeah. Um, the story also, I didn't think it was very good. So no, nah, but otherwise, like yeah, I mean, uh, there was no second uh, GameCube Zelda. Yeah. Well, yeah, or was there? Yeah. Oh, the Twilight Princess technically, yeah. but Twi that was a Wind launch. Waker and Twilight Princess. The Twilight Princess launched on Wii, and that was the big seller there. And then Skyward Sword sold half of that. Yep. Because um, it was worse. It was. <laughs> it was a, wor a it worse was. game. Yeah. Um, Vincent saying the current rumor is that there's a 2D Mario coming out alongside it. It's alongside the Mario movie. Mm. Yeah. We'll and that it. is in April. Yeah. So. Well, aligns with what you were saying, too. That might be what's in. I mean, we are kind of due for a 2D Mario as well. Yeah. Because Mario Maker, I don't think they're making another one of those. No, I think Mario Maker did what they wanted to do. I think it's done. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, well done. Well, good. Yeah. It but, did amazing. Uh, 
And it's been Good long, idea, it's been long enough since 3D World and Bowser's Fury that that team would probably have enough time to, to make something there. Yeah. But otherwise, that's it for Nintendo. Looking a little lean for 2023. Plenty of time for them to do directs and announce stuff that we don't know about at this point. See, there you go. Justin Horman, Majora's Mask is his favorite, followed by Zelda 2 on the NES. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Don't you judge me, Ricky Bobby. It takes different strokes yeah. to move the world. Yes, it does. <laughs> so we'll see. I think Nintendo will have a lot of announcements this year in its various directs that it has. Yeah. It's not going to be a barren last six months of the year. I can guarantee you that. There will be games to play. We just don't know what they are yet. And it's a little surprising to not know more than we do right now beyond May. So lots of work for Nintendo to do. Yeah, but in it's not surprising because they always do that. Nintendo always doesn't say anything about the second half of the year. Well, I guess I feel like a lot of the games that we were just talking about, we were also talking about them last year. True. And they didn't come out, so <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah, when, when you don't know when Zelda's coming out, it always feels like you know more about the second half of the year. That's true. Yeah. Yep. There you go. So that's Nintendo for 2023. Next week, we'll be back for PC, Xbox, and maybe third party. We may push third party to the next episode. We'll see how it goes. But we will continue previewing 2023 for all y'all. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about really the only game that came out since we left you guys that has made waves, has people talking, and that game is called High on Life. Matt, did you play this? No. I'm surprised you didn't play it, actually. You shouldn't be, because I hate this humor. Oh, you do? I, I do so not. So you don't like Rick and Morty? I like Rick and Morty fine. I just don't think it's anywhere close as smart or good or funny as the people who make it their whole personality do. agree a million percent. and like i find <laughs> I totally agree I, I can tolerate like i think it has it has a lot of interesting ideas sometimes and like has some really good moments in places um which are usually not very funny not the funny moments but like um to me rick and morty is sort of like bojack horseman for people who can't be honest with themselves <laughs> and um this just seems like they took the humor from rick and morty and removed all the gravitas from it uh-huh and just the clips and the the trailers and stuff I saw from this, like it's cringe. It's it, it's it makes me cringe. There's no other word for it. It makes me cringe. It makes me want to hide behind my sofa. I do, I don't want to play this game. Well, I'll put it to all. you this way: I've been playing this the last week or whatever, and my wife has remarked about it like six times. Wow! Like I'm sure that's too much. Yeah, because it's one. It is just too much. <laughs> there, literally the so. First of all, the game is a first-person shooter created by the studio, co-founded by the Rick and Morty guy. What's his name? Um, Justin Roiland. Mm -hmm. um, and it is Rick and Morty, the first-person shooter. It is like a cartoonish, and I'll just get the B-roll going so you guys can see it with your own eyes. Yeah, well, it doesn't help that the gun is literally him doing Morty's voice, basically. The, it is him. Yeah, he yeah. voices the gun. So... It is a, and this is, by the way, this isn't the game. This is like how you start the game. Mm -hmm. And the plot of the game is you're a teenage boy and you're playing your vi this video game at home. And all of a sudden there's an alien invasion. You get pulled away from your computer monitor by your sister and your parents are away on vacation and the kids are taking care of the house. Your sister has a, uh, has cocaine and <laughs> she asks you to do cocaine with her. And it's funny, like you choose your character model based upon your reflection in the cocaine mirror. Mm. <laughs> Which, I guess some, some people might consider that clever, some people may not. Um, and what happens is, as soon as you come out of this game and you're talking to your sister, Earth is invaded by aliens. And your house, in a nod to the Wizard of Oz, 
gets picked up and transported to this alien planet. And you get to this alien planet and you discover that the aliens are learning to turn humans into drugs that they can smoke. So basically, they're turning human beings into weed. And it's your job to stop it and save humanity and ultimately save planet Earth. Now, to what Matt was talking about earlier, you have guns. And the guns talk. The guns literally have a face on the back of them that's always looking at you, and it's animated. So everything that the gun says, there's actual facial animation of the gun saying things. Eventually, you get a knife named a knifey, and it also talks. And it is the worst. Yeah. Like, my wife was okay with the gun, and then you get knifey. And knifey is just... (laughs) And they never stop talking nothing in this game ever stops talking your guns never stop talking the npcs walking around never stop talking you get in these conversations with npcs in the game and they talk forever like there's no way to skip through it like there is in most games you just have to sit there and listen to them go on and on and to your point matt the writing is not up to scratch if you're comparing it to like the tv show rick and morty it has moments like i've chuckled at the game a few times the only joke i saw that i liked was this there was a clip i think on twitter and he was running towards something and he's like and he the they got he presses pause for something it comes back and the gun's like what you just pause pause it what what are you doing like why would you press pause that doesn't help us it's it it breaks the the fourth wall a lot absolutely which which is pretty it's kind of funny but it's also like you're not going to take me through a 10 hour game doing that right and that is really the problem with this game is that the first few hours are pretty awesome and then it runs out of steam real fast because the humor yeah just you wears know, on you, you it's know not funny would, after you know what i'd love to see is the reaction of someone playing this who has never seen rick and morty mm. because if you're not already saturated by this bullshit humor um there's a point i would i would be very interested to see what you think about like because it is not really like what anything else does. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've seen Rick and Morty, you've, you've seen all this already. Yeah. But if you haven't, you're like, what in the world is going on here? Like, um, it gets away with a lot of stuff you can only get away with in animation. I mean, there's some writing in this. Again, like, you know, I'm pardoned. <laughs> I have really thick skin. And my wife, again, five different times is like, turn that down. Like, that's out of control. Like, that's too much. <laughs> like, the stuff that the guns say, it... I mean, it pushes the boundaries. This is a hard M, Mm. this game. Like, it's not even just the dialogue. It's what you're doing a lot of the time. It definitely is weird because, to me, the gun looks like the ant from A Bug's Life. Yeah. Like, so it's like, it's like Flick is being really, like, obscene all the time. It's it's weird. Yeah. I mean, it definitely earned its M rating. And again, you know, my, my wife, she's not like... She's not a prude. No. Like, she's seen some stuff and been through some stuff, and it definitely like offended her multiple times i had to play this with the headphones on while she was around like she got sick of it she's like i don't want to hear that anymore because they never shut up like there's times where you have like four people talking at once and they're all lapping over top of each other so for her was it was it how the constant talking or was it actually the content the content of the talking yeah Yeah. it was what they were saying because i mean they drop the f-bomb like every other word in this and it's just gratuitous and like it does work like in the show better than it works here because you have to make it last in this for like 15 Mm -hmm. hours and you can in the show they can't drop the f-bomb right they have to they have to to be framework yeah yeah in this they're just allowed their worst impulses are imagined in this game. Yeah, structure is important. Yes. When it comes to like limitations on 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 creativity. That was yep. as soon as you remove all the if you remove 
all limitations and and we can't do this and the technology doesn't exist to do this yet stuff you get the star wars prequels yeah that's a good way to put it actually and you're watching this you may think oh it's a first person shooter and it is but it's really like a cross between a 3d platformer and a first person shooter platforming becomes a big thing later on in the game you get like a grapple hook you get every weapon has an alt fire like this weapon is just your pistol and it's alt fire is basically a grenade that you can shoot but other ones like you get this disc launcher later on you can use that to actually embed platforms into the walls that you can then jump up um you get um a grapple hook that you can use to traverse and you end up swinging like tarzan through some sections of the game um, and then you also use it just to reach high platforms and whatnot. So platforming becomes a big part of this, but it's also like a 3D platformer in other ways and just the way the game is designed, for example. So basically what happens is you land on this alien planet where you are now, and well, actually, I don't think you've actually been transported there yet, but you end up trying to find this bounty hunter. Well, it turns out the bounty hunter is like down on his luck and he's just, he's like, I don't want to do it anymore. I need you to go out and take and kill these bounties for me. And what happens is, the, a, the alien bounty hunter sits on your couch with your sister, and there's jokes that are implied there. Um, but there's a little warp thing that appears in the living room, and you just go to the warp thing, and you select, like, your next assassination target. Mm. And those levels are very much like 3D platformer levels. Like, here's the Old West. Here's the desert. Here's the snow level. Here's the... And it's very sort of formulaic in, in that way. Here's the hub world. When you first go to the alien planet for the first time, um, there's... Um, there's a vendor here where you can buy stuff that upgrades not just your guns, but also your suit. So when you first land here, you get a suit. You're kind of like Samus, and mm. you do the whole, like... Yeah, the, the bounty hunter thing actually reminded me of back when they wanted... Retro wanted to do bounty hunting in to make an open world in Metroid Prime 3, and Nintendo said no because Samus would never do that. And yeah. it turned out that Nintendo didn't know what a bounty hunter was. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so they've been calling Samus a, met, a bounty hunter for, like, 20 years, and they didn't actually they didn't know, know what, what it that was. meant. This is this game. So this game does play on other franchises, the biggest of which is Metroid. And it is a Metroidvania. Like you get new abilities. You can go back into the old worlds like you get this one ability that can stop fan blades. Like when you're first playing through levels, you find these fan blades with things locked behind them. Like, how do I get in there? You can't. Well, eventually you get the thing that stops the fan blades. You go back into those. It's it's Metroid for all intents and purposes. Um, Now, the funny thing is you get your suit. But you don't have the encryption key for the suit. You have to go and buy it at the store. So while you're walking to the store, you're play, you're using the free version of the suit. So you get all the pop-ups that pop up in front of your vision. Like, there's some clever stuff in this game, to be sure. And it does break the fourth wall a lot. There's all kinds of nods to all these other video game franchises. Again, Metroid's one of the big ones. Um, and if you're really into games like we are, there are moments where you'll chuckle. You'll be like, oh, that's kind of clever. But it, it doesn't dissipate the harsh language, the really crude jokes that just aren't funny. Like, you know, I don't know. It feels in a lot of ways like a 12-year-old wrote a lot of the script uh-huh. for this game. And that's kind of Rick and Morty, too, though. But Rick and Morty is smart at knowing when to keep pounding the same joke or when to just sort of do the one-off thing. And a lot of times, one of the things I appreciate about Rick and Morty is a lot of times, even if you don't realize it, the stories are drawing from classic sci-fi and, mm-hmm. and quantum physics. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of... Like, the research is done to, like... It's like it's like they're reading these, like, these like scientific things or these old pulp sci-fi things and thinking, what can we do and how can we spin this to make it, you know, a Rick and Morty thing? Yeah. And I appreciate kind of that creativity. I haven't played this, so I don't know one way or the other, but I don't see that in this. Yeah. I don't, I don't, also because, look, 
as much as I love Metroid, uh, it's not that fertile for that. Yeah. Metroid doesn't do enough variety of things to really have, sustain a whole game of parody of it. Yep. Um, and obviously, they're doing other things here, and there's a lot of Rick and Morty to it in general. But like, I don't know. I, I, I definitely did not get the impression from the footage of this I've seen that this was written by the same people that write the best Rick and Morty episodes. Probably but, not. Uh, um, I, I know that he was heavily involved in in the game. Yeah, though, I mean, Justin you can definitely Hoyland. tell that. And I'm sure a lot, I think it sounds like a lot of the gun stuff might have been just him. He ripping. voices that gun. Yeah. Your pistol, he does the voice for it. Yeah, and I'm sure he does other ones too, but that's it seems to be his main. Because it's just Morty. He's just doing yeah. Morty's voice. It is Morty's voice. Oh, yeah. that's, I've seen that part where he's like, oh, we just killed a kid. We can kill kids in this game, apparently. Like, is yeah, it, so. I mean, the, the script does that all the time. Because mm-hmm. it does make you do stuff that you're like, oh, wait, was I supposed to do that? And, be, and then the game will affirm that, yes. Yeah. That's, in fact, what you were supposed to do. Which ends up, my question on that ends up being like, so is there a payoff to that? To the fact that it keeps breaking the fourth wall? Is there a reason for that? Is, there, is that going somewhere? Or is that just... That There's was the no e- major revelation the where joke. you ultimately, like, they pan out and you're in, like, a fishbowl mm-hmm. type thing or anything like that. No. no. Yeah, because, like, otherwise, that's just, like, to me, that's just sort of kind of lazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a good way you could describe this like game. You really. couldn't come up with a better joke for <laughs> that, so you just decided there's a lot to break of lazy stuff wall, in this game, honestly. Like, it's, uh, breaking the fourth wall is not really a particularly novel thing anymore. No. in anything. In like, anything. I mean, yeah. that's half the premise of the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now because of the multiverse stuff. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, that was everything. All everything, everywhere, all at once did that half of the time, but that was also part of the point. It was thematically relevant to what it was trying to say. Yep. I have a hard time believing this game has anything to say. Yep. Um, and. If I'm going to put up with kind of the constant talking and that kind of humor, you better have something to say. And I do think Rick and Morty often does have something to say. One may not find it worthwhile compared to what you sit through otherwise. Yeah. But, like, at least there's something there. They're trying to do something. Yeah. Uh, I don't get that impression from this. One thing I, I did really like, though, about the game is the weapons. Um, there aren't many. I think there's, like, five total. But each I one of them... I prefer that at this point. Like, I'd rather you pick... A, design some weapons that really work and have good you know integration with the world and make them interesting rather than like load me down with four thousand guns like, yeah i think the opposite of the borderlands approach has proven to be the, be- the <laughs> I'd better agree with idea. that actually or maybe somewhere in between mm-hmm. but there's like five weapons that each one of them has like an alt fire and the alt fire is like extremely functional um like i said earlier there's a shotgun that fires discs and you can fire those discs into the walls and that creates platforms for you to climb up. There was a the alt fire on one of them stops the fan blades, as I talked about earlier. Um, melee feels terrible in the game, though. It feels completely disconnected. In fact, Matt, the gunplay in this also feels terrible. Um, you you've probably been seeing from the footage, like it doesn't look great. There are headshots all over the place. None of them feel good. There's just mm. not that satisfying feedback, and with the timing and the dual sense control, it just it's not there. It feels Again, a lot like the melee, like you're disconnected from the guns. Like you don't feel the impact of firing the guns, at least the way that I would like to feel it. And then eventually you get like, you can go to the pawn shop and buy extra moves. Like the first one you learn is like a dash. So you can't double jump, but you can jump and then you can dash. And again, the levels are all built so that as you learn an ability, if you go back to one of the prior levels you played, you'll find a place in those levels where now that you can do the jump and the dash, you can reach a new area. However, one thing I would say is that going back and doing kind of the Metroidvania stuff is that you don't really, it's not worth it. Like you end up mostly just getting currency that you can then go and spend in the pawn shop for upgrades and things like that. But 
the amount of money that you get for going all the way back to an old level, trying to remember the one spot in the level where that thing was where you could use this new ability and then using it. And then you end up opening up a chest that gives you like a thousand credits or whatever. Like I rarely found it worth it to go back and kind of use the new abilities on the old levels to open up new parts of the stage. Um, as I mentioned, like most of the levels are like 3D platformer levels. They all have like a theme and you teleport to them. They're not like a part of a big open world. There's like a teleport machine in your living room, in your house that was plopped down on that alien planet. And you just go and put your hand up and it'll say, okay, choose which bounty you want to tackle next. You choose the bounty and you literally warp to the new world. And again, the worlds are kind of like 3D platformers where it's like the beach world, the snow world, the old west world, that kind of stuff. Um, what else is there to say? Um, I had some bugs with the game. Like, I got to this one part where the game, like, said it was loading, and then it just froze for, like, 30 seconds, and then it just started again. I had the game crash. I've had a lot of, particularly in the second half of the game, a lot of it just turns into, like, arenas, where, okay, here you are. Kill all these guys. Once you kill the last one... The door opens and you go on to the next area where you get into the next arena battle. But the problem was, like, that I found is a couple different instances, the enemies would get stuck on geometry or they wouldn't even spawn, like, out where you could shoot them. And they'd be stuck behind, like, a building that you can't even, like, shoot through. And you'd just have to reset the game. Hmm. So it, a lot of the, the flags that the game has to say, okay, you've killed all the enemies, now it's time to move on. In some cases, those flags did not work or the enemies just wouldn't spawn at a place where you could actually kill the enemy to move on. I ended up having to like reset the game a couple different times. Um, but I would say overall, I was pleasantly surprised by the, like, the production values in this game because it's built by this little studio that he founded. It's an indie studio. I'm sure he wasn't able to get high-priced talent and he wasn't... He wasn't poaching people from Naughty Dog and Insomniac to make this mm -hmm. game, but technically, it's pretty impressive. It looks pretty good. It runs real good. Um, my biggest issue with it, the issues are how gross it is, how the voice acting and the script in the game is offensive and not in a good way, and that you felt I felt disconnected from the guns and re repetition too. There aren't enough enemy types in this game. You fight like the same ants over and over again. You fight like the same alien agents over and over again. It could definitely use with more enemy variety. And I would say too, five guns, 15 hours, probably not quite enough. So I could, would like to see a few more weapons. But I'll say this, if you're a fan of Rick and Morty, you'll, I think most people will like it at least if they're fans of the show. Um, I think they'll be maybe a little disappointed in it, maybe more disappointed than a lot of other people who don't know the show as well, because the show is funny, legitimately funny, and I laugh at it every time I watch it. I only chuckled a few times playing this game, and the game is like 15 hours long. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. It's free on Game Pass. It is a Game Pass game right now. So if you are a subscriber, you can go and play it. Um, it is the most popular game in the history of Game Pass, Matt. <laughs> well... What do you think about that? I think there are a lot of Rick and Morty fans. <laughs> um, I'm surprised. Because to me, it's definitely not the best game on Game Pass. But oh, it is... Popular doesn't mean best. It, no, you're right. Avatar 2. It does provide <laughs> mindless fun, though. and For at least a few hours. Which, mm -hmm. for Game Pass, that's fine. Like, if you're not paying for the game... And I'll say this. If you pay for this game, it's $60. 
Hell to the no. Hell no. I would pay 30 bucks for this game. Good. $30, I would recommend it. Anything more than that is insane. $60 is insane for this game. Like, there should have been a joke about that in the game. Like, about how they're trying to, like, squeeze their fans for as much money as they possibly can. This is an indie game. Single player. There's nothing else to it. Once you finish it, would you play it again? Maybe. If you wanted to, if you're a completionist and you wanted to find all the chests. So, you would use the Metroid stuff and go back and, you know, unlock all the chests in the prior levels that you'd already played through. Maybe. But... Like, the boss fights, like, the first boss fight in this is so annoying. Like, you have to use the grapple hook extensively in the boss fight, and it's so janky to use. Like, I eventually figured out, like, how it worked, and, like, I beat the boss the first time after I figured it out. But it was just annoying trying to figure it out the first time. And I kind of found that a lot of times with this game. Like, it was frustrating to me. Um, There's waypoints. Like, you can hit up, and it will scan. But a lot of times in a level, there's like four different waypoints, and it's not telling you which one. And then there's some points where like the game is says clear all the enemies out of this area, and you can't find the area. And you hit like the waypoint, and it'll point out like four different areas. You go to them, you never find the area because what's happened is the enemies that are supposed to be there have not spawned. So there's no way this game is worth sixty dollars. I can't believe they try to charge it. But again, it is free on Game Pass. So if you have it, play it. My guess is, like me and like most people, you'll get four or five hours into it. You're like, okay, I get it. I'm good. Or you'll get the fifth weapon. You'll be able to fiddle around with the fifth weapon for 45 minutes or so. And you'll be like, okay, now I get it. Time to move on. But I have to admit, I'm pretty shocked that this is the most popular Game Pass game ever. I mean, I can certainly see it being the game that everyone agrees they don't want to pay for. Yeah, but like Outriders. I'm surprised it was more popular than Outriders. A cooperative game that you would think would get people involved playing with each other and they get sucked up in the game as a service loop and blah, blah, blah. But no, this is more popular than Outriders was. So, I don't know. I know one thing. I would not recommend buying this game at full price. And you can. Like, you can go on Steam right now and pay for it if you want to. And actually, it's selling like wildfire on Steam. Yeah, it was high up on that list. Yeah. People really like this guy. Yeah. I think it's what I've, what I've come, the conclusion I've come to. They think he's a genius. And in some ways, maybe he is. Um, but I think his talents shine better in a 20-minute cut down of a TV show than a game where he can just let his freak flag fly without any concerns for brevity. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess is the best way I could put it. Like, he just let it all hang out here instead of cutting everything to the bone like you do with a TV show. Like... You've cut episodes of TV shows, and you're in there, and you have to get it to 22.30 or whatever, and you're, like, at 23.45, and you're shaving, like, seconds off. You're like, okay, I can tighten this joke up, and it still lands just as good. You don't need that extra two beats afterwards or whatever. Like, Mm. that didn't happen with this game. They left the two beats in the game. Um, And I think over time, it starts to add up, and it starts to wear on you a little bit. So... Um, I enjoyed my time with it at first. The more I played it, the less I liked it, I guess is the best way I could put it. Um, but if you're a Metroidvania fan, not a whole lot out there right now to really play. So I think if you're into that genre, this isn't a great representation of it because in Metroid, you go back, you find something important like rock, extra rockets or something that changes your next boss fight. You're like, oh my God, now I have five rockets instead of two and now I can beat this guy. There's none of that really in this. Like, there's no sense of, like, oh, 
it was worth it to go back and get this stuff because now I have enough money to go to the pawn shop and buy something I didn't before. I always have more than enough money in this game to buy anything that I wanted. So, um, again, it is a Metroidvania, not the best example of the genre, but most importantly, it's free if you have Game Pass. So, in that way, I would probably recommend giving it a go. And Matt, I would even say for you maybe to give it a go because it's not just a first-person shooter. It really does feel more like a, a mashup of platformer and shooter. Mm. Um, but there you go. That's high on life. Um, and it's been surprising to me to see how popular... The reviews for this, by the way, are all over the map. Mm. Like, some publications gave it a 4. IGN gave it an 8. Like, they're just all over the place. Seems to really depend on whether the reviewer is a Rick and Morty a fan. A huge Rick and Morty fan. Yeah. And I'm not gigantic. Like, I like the show, and I've watched it a lot. But I'm not, I'm not big enough a fan to forgive the shortcomings, like mm-hmm. maybe some like super fans might be. So, um, and that's the thing editorially: do you give the review to the guy who really loves Rick and Morty, or do you give it to somebody like us who respects it and likes it and laughs at it, but recognizes that it has its flaws as well? I think that might be the better tactic to get maybe, a more accurate but, review. But for there's it. also much like the Elden Ring reviewer choice thing. thing. It's sort of like. Well, how many death threats do we want this week? <laughs> I don't know worth- if you get that over Rick and Morty, but... Oh, no, you do. Really? Oh, yeah. These people are crazy. Wow. That surprises you me. Remember when they were, like, getting on, on McDonald's counters and kicking people because they were out of Szechuan sauce? And oh, shit? that's right. Like, that fan base is out of control. <laughs> I forgot about that, the whole Szechuan sauce yeah. thing. That's hilarious. That's fucking funny. And to be fair, Royland, like... You know, it's like, that's gross, and I didn't think that was what was going to happen. Like, he's like, none of that was, was, he's like, it was a throwaway joke. It was no. not supposed to be be a cultural movement. Like, that's not a thing. Like, yeah. um, he's, he's clearly been caught off guard by the more toxic elements of the fandom. Um, much like every fandom at this point. There's yeah. a lot of, you know, there's... Just kind of the way it is. Just just try try being a Star Wars fan right now. It's, <laughs> it's very difficult. I just act like I'm not, even though I'm gigantic. I'm a gigantic Star Wars fan. Uh, Commander Fett says, I tried this game and I had to stop because the camera shook so much I got motion sickness. I'm glad you brought that up. That is another glitch in the game. For whatever reason, at different points in the game, the whole world would just start shaking up and down. Hmm. There was a little bit of it in the B-roll, like when the ship comes down in their neighborhood and she walks and you walk up to the car. You can see the world starts going like this. It happens like weirdly out of nowhere at different points in the game. I couldn't figure out what you needed to do to trigger it, but it does happen. Good point, Commander Fett. That was an issue. It didn't make me motion sick, but it was weird. I'm like, what is going on? Like, But again, it shows you that it was built by what most would consider an indie development team with not a big budget. But I think they did a pretty good job overall with the resources that they had. Um, Vincent says a clarification it's the biggest third party game and biggest of 2022 okay so that means Halo Infinite beat it I guess probably but I doubt Pentiment did no (laughs) or anything else probably only Halo Infinite I mean what else has there been first party that's it Uh, Forza Horizon 5 oh yeah yeah Forza beat it definitely had to have but yeah otherwise somehow this game ended up becoming a big thing I don't think it's worth that, I guess is what I would finish on. Um, but at the same time, I was kind of pleasantly surprised that it was it's better than I thought it would be from a technical perspective. Even though there are some glitches and some bugs, it's still pretty clean code, uh, which I did not expect. So there you go. That is high on life. Next up, we're going to talk about Sony at CES. CES used to be much a much bigger deal for video games in fact 
E3 came from CES. It mm-hmm. used to be just a section of CES, and eventually they were like, wait a minute, all the people at CES are hanging out in our little area. Maybe we should just break out and do our own thing, and E3 was born. Now, since then, games have had like an ebb and flow at CES. There was always years where like we would go because the publishers would be like, you should go. And they wouldn't tell you why you should go, and then you'd go and you'd find out why, because they announced something big and blah, blah, blah. But they would always clue you in. The last few years, really the only presence, gaming presence at CES has been Sony. And even for Sony, its presence is limited. So Sony Computer Entertainment generally has like a five-minute section inside the general Sony presentation or press conference that it has every year. Because Sony does all this other stuff. And CES is a chance for it to show off its TVs and all the other electronics that it makes, blah, blah, blah. And that is what happened again. So this year, once again, uh, PlayStation had literally a five-minute section inside the overall Sony press conference to talk about PlayStation. And it made some pretty big announcements in the amount of time that it was up there. Um, I guess the first thing I would say is that they announced that there have been 30 million PlayStation 5s sold worldwide. Does that number surprise you one way or the other, Matt? Not really. A little smaller than I thought, actually. Mm, Not really. No? It it, it surprises me they even got that many units out the door. I mean, it is weird when you figure... I would think it was small if they were plentiful, but they are not. When you consider that you've never seen a PlayStation 5 in the wild, and they've sold 30 million, that's pretty impressive that they've managed to do that. Uh, but still, I might not have guessed they managed to get that many made. Yeah, frankly, just considering how hard it was to yeah, and the supply chain, to getting them out to people, totally get it. So it has sold 30 million worldwide. Now the big focus, <laughs> I like when you said that alongside the B-roll, it really that my brain wanted to read that is they've sold more than 30 games. Oh, <laughs> they definitely like, sold oh, more than more that. Than 30 games. Good. <laughs> Uh, Vincent says, I remember the year where Sony revealed the PS5 logo at CES. Yeah, yeah and it, every once did, in a while. It didn't it debut PlayStation VR 2 last year? Yeah. At CES? Yeah. Yeah. So and I want to say um, they showed the prototype for the first time at GDC, but I think they announced Xbox as a thing at CES. Yeah, I, I think you may be right. right. Um, I remember back in the early 2000s, like that was the like tech TV used to do a big, like even some oh, yeah. live hits from, from Well, it was E3 for CES, tech. Which was, it still Which is. Which was very unusual then. Like, that, yeah. was, that was a very... Uh, people who went through the CES gauntlet at Tech TV were, like, bonded in a way that, like, war veterans were bonded. It was It, it was their E3, thing. absolutely, yeah. for tech. And it still is. And it, it was just like... It, now you think about it and you're just like, man, you know, nine hours of live TV, all about technology, <laughs> as we said. Um, and it was just like, that's a lot of airtime dedicated to digital cameras. To TVs and digital yeah. cameras and yeah. I did see that you see the thing this this one where it's a it's a flat screen TV that doesn't need a mounting bracket because it has like a suction like attachment thing no, in the back. No, I didn't see that. And you basically tell it you're putting it on a wall and it detects the surface of the wall and attaches itself no. to the wall. No. And then if you want it off you can just take it off. The the only downside is if you're not running it with a uh plug like a like a plugged into the wall mm. the, if the batteries run out the suction thing runs on the battery so if you it let, it'll fall off the wall <laughs> if, you, if you let it run Screw out of batteries that. <laughs> so definitely bring your, your power adapter yeah. if you're gonna do that yep. but I, I thought that was kind of cool apparently yeah. it will not work on brick brick oh, is too porous okay. but almost any other surface well um at ces sony announced as we said 30 million sold uh, 30 million PlayStation 5 sold, but really it was its last chance to sell people on PlayStation VR 2. Mm-hmm. Thus, the lower third. One last pitch. Um, 
And so it... Uh, the 3 and 0 pitch. Yeah, if you, if you... <laughs> pretty much. So it announced, as you're seeing right now, Gran Turismo 7 VR that'll be available at launch. They've retrofitted Gran Turismo 7 to work on PlayStation VR 2. Is that the killer app for PlayStation VR 2? Not for me. Yeah. And it works with your existing code. So if you've already bought Gran Turismo 7, you're good. You just download an update and you can play it in VR. Um, it would have been nice if they had said, told people back when Gran Turismo 7 launched that, hey, this is going to have a VR component because maybe some people might have kept the game instead of selling it back or selling it on eBay or whatever. Yeah, I don't know how many people buy physical games anymore. Yeah. I, I had to go into a GameStop to get a physical copy of a game for a gift for someone uh, before Christmas, mm-hmm. and it was like walking into a war zone. Like, I, they are the <laughs> only places those things are left are in very weird parts of town. <laughs> and, like, like I... Like, I came out of the parking garage to get to this one place, and it, it was right next to one of the subway stations, and there was, like, two guys argue, fighting each other, like, literally just fighting each other, like, just fighting, <laughs> and another guy was arguing at a lamppost, and, like, I'm like, what, where is this? Sounds it? like San Francisco all, to me. All, it was very much, like, it, it was kind of nostalgic a little bit. Um, I'm like, I didn't know we did this here. That's great. Uh, all the storefronts were closed in the area. I had to go around the corner and go find the place, and then, like, I get in there, and it's like... It was actually it was nice at something because I just wanted like and he guy can't find it. He was looking at me. He's like, I got this one that's gutted. I'm like, no, it's a gift. I'm not taking an open copy for yeah. a gift for somebody, you <laughs> weirdo. And like you're looking everywhere for a copy of a game that came out two weeks ago. Uh-huh. I'm like, what are you doing? And in the meantime, people are coming. It was nice to know some things don't change because in the meantime, people are coming up to him. And he's like, it's like, does the switch come with any games? No. You sure? Pretty sure. You know. <laughs> and like guys, like I want to trade in this PS4 for a PS5. And he's yeah. like, "Well, I can take give you this much credit for the PS4, and then it's this, but we don't have any PS5." Right. Like, well, if he did, it's a straight trade, right? And he's no. like, "No, it's you get like <laughs> you this much credit for the PS4, and then you pay the rest for the." P-. He's like, "But it's a game system. It's a system for system. I just want to trade you this for a PS5." Oh my god! And I'm like, I used to have the same arguments with people when I worked in a game <laughs> store in 1999 over like trying trying to trade a fucking Super, Super Nintendo, Nintendo for, for a an Dreamcast N64 or, or whatever. Yeah, like all, <laughs> <laughs> or like it's like oh you send it back to nintendo and like that's the trade in so i'm like no it's not a fucking car like what are you talking about like i went into a GameStop over christmas to buy something for one of my nephews and my my mom and i stood in line for almost 45 minutes yeah it took forever waiting to buy a game yeah and, yeah for it was amazing i was like i did however find uh the zelda loftwing amiibo oh really sitting there i'm like oh i'll take that <laughs> I, I didn't i thought that was long gone and yeah. the guy was like it is but yeah. you're here kind of thing it was, yeah but yeah, that was an experience. So yeah, I don't I don't know how many physical copies of games are really out there anymore. Still would have been nice to know. Yeah. Um, and sure. maybe they just didn't know back when it launched. I think, yeah, I it think wasn't that, that long ago, though. I think you're right when you say that a lot of these things are falling into place for PSVR 2 in the last minute. Yeah, it's like, really weird. I'm sure they didn't say that largely because they didn't know if it was going to be able to happen. I think largely they looked at the launch lineup for PlayStation VR 2 and was like, hot damn, we the, need something the, else. The boy needs help. Yeah. So like, so like what can we retrofit easily? Mm-hmm. And they're like, GT7. And I'm sure they were doing that already anyway. But like, mm-hmm. it's like maybe it's like, oh, I guess maybe Let's just throw some more people at it PS- now and get yeah, it done. Maybe for February? Are we going to do that? Yeah. Um, as we said earlier, Earlier, Beat Saber was also announced for PlayStation VR 2. That just should be a given. They should be announcing that like yeah, that a month would, before it comes out. Been the, that would have been the, the first thing you secured. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Um, and then as you saw in the B-roll, PlayStation VR 2 coming with 30 games at launch, of which I think we've identified two or three that we feel like is really worth kind of focusing on and playing. But Matt, really the coolest thing that PlayStation debuted at CES was Project Leonardo. Did you see this? Uh, oh, 
Oh yeah, the 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 accessibility it controller. It is PlayStation's yeah. accessibility controller, and it looks absolutely bonkers. I first of all, I just want to say right at the top, it is amazing that PlayStation and Xbox are creating these controllers for people to be able to play video games who normally could not play. Yeah, although I don't think this exists without Microsoft. Right. Microsoft was first by yeah. a mile. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, the Xbox accessibility controller has been out for, what, like a year and a half at this point? Yeah, Two years? something like that. That's how long it took Sony then to get the idea to then make their own. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> that's about the R&D production That is exactly yeah. what happened. It's, it's, There's it, no, no denying it. But like still. Sony was like, oh. And I, and I wouldn't be surprised if that was kind of the impetus for all the accessibility features that have started going in Sony's first party stuff, too. Yeah. Which is good. Like, well, look, I, it, no matter what else you think about Microsoft or Xbox, you have to give them credit for, for starting that. Yeah, like, absolutely. That's, that's a big deal. Yep. And here, but here's my thing this thing looks insane. I can't, even after watching this presentation, I really had no idea how it works. It's all like modular, and you could take all those kind of keys mm-hmm. apart and put them wherever you want. Do you, would you agree with me that maybe Microsoft and PlayStation should have just worked together to create one controller, like a universal controller that will work across all hardware? I think that would have been better overall, but I don't think either of them are there with each other. You, okay, with each other. You think the relationship yeah. isn't there? Well, right Absolutely. now, they're like cats and dogs again yeah. over this Activision I could, acquisition. I could see Microsoft agreeing to do that, but I don't think Sony is... You know, I, I, it's going to take Sony... Um, kind of the realization of the goodwill and the and the uh the pr that this generates to do that like that would be if microsoft sony and nintendo could all kind of get together and design a universal accessibility controller yeah that would be monumental that would be a big deal i mean that's what needs to happen right i think so and i think sony's the one you'd need to get on i think nintendo would be open to that it would be yep i think Um, sony's the x factor as you can see sure it went through all this r&d to develop its own when they could have just allowed Xbox and it does to seem work. like it's a functional design. Like yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a it's, it's not, a different approach, it's a different way to go with it, and it looks like it works. And you know, maybe at some point you you figure out how both of these turn out. You know, how the Microsoft works and how this one works, and maybe you think, oh, maybe one side is like, oh, I think we could take that from that and make this, this, and then that. Or maybe Nintendo's ends Nintendo up being something a, else a combo out. of I, the I two. Think, yeah. you know, at a certain point, it, it you, there might be. A, I would like to think there'd be a temptation to kind of have all your accessibility teams put their heads together in some sort of summit meeting right. and sort of talk about, hey, maybe we could get something that works on everything. I agree. So you don't have people who need uh, these accessibility controllers having to buy three different controllers yeah. if they have the three systems. Isn't it amazing that it's taken this long for them to make stuff like this for um, people? I mean, it's both amazing and not amazing yeah. at all. It's both, it's both amazing that it took this long to think of this or to do any of this, and it's also not amazing that people would just ignore people who are disabled for mm-hmm. as long as they have. Like, that's just how it goes. Thank God, finally, people are working for folks yeah. like that. But, I mean, look how long it took just to put ramps everywhere. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So, kudos to Sony. Look, don't think that I'm saying like, oh, I can't believe Sony didn't work with Microsoft. I'm glad that they're doing it at all. I just think ultimately the final best solution would be one controller to rule them all that work on all the systems so that people who are disabled learn to start playing with that controller from the beginning and they don't have to relearn how to work with another controller if they want to go play on PlayStation. It would, but that, that is a... That is a very anti-capitalist. It is. Idea. <laughs> no. And trying to do something just for the better good, it just doesn't yeah, fly. Yeah. Do, as as uh, T'Challa said, we don't do that here. Yeah. So. Yep. So anyway, Sony got its little five minutes in uh, PlayStation. Got its five minutes of uh, time in Sony's uh, CES press conference. You feel like it moved any needles in any way? 
probably not. I mean, I didn't even know what happened until you brought it oh, up. Oh, really? Frankly, I, I don't pay. Had you not seen Leonardo until right now? No. Wow. I mean, I'd seen a picture of it. I, okay. I didn't watch the presentation or anything. Or gotcha. see that. I'd yeah. seen a picture of that. This is this is Sony's accessibility controller. I'm mm-hmm. like, cool. Yeah. That's good. Like, to me, that was worth it. I think that's also the right venue. That's the right place to do that. Yep. Yeah. Um, as far as moving the needle for PlayStation VR for you, any? any? No. No. <laughs> me either. Again, it's not. Uh, See, yes, it's My PlayStation VR problem is not related to the hardware or the tech or any of that. It's related to the fact that I've seen Sony put these things out and never look at them again. Yeah. Like, PlayStation VR 2 is going to come out with a pretty good launch lineup. It's going to have some things come out for the remainder of the year, and then we are never going to hear about it again. You're probably right. Unless we. Uh, is it what they did with the PSVR 1? It's what they did with the PSP? It's what they did with the Vita? That is just what Sony does. It's what they do with the move controllers yep. and motion controls. and I mean, it was, a, it was a minor miracle they brought the move controllers back to work with the PlayStation it VR. It is, yeah. <laughs> Which I bought and then I used twice. Mm-hmm. And now I have these brand new move controllers that I've used twice that are worth yeah, nothing. Yeah, I did have my old ones. Luckily, that are worth nothing. <laughs> yeah, I used them for that Rush of Blood game and that was yeah. about it. Yep. Uh, it didn't move the needle for me either. Project Leonardo. Maybe they, they sh- maybe should have just dedicated their whole five minutes to that. But I get why they do this because it's a chance for them to reach new eyeballs and new audiences. The people who watch CES and Sony's presser at CES, they do not watch Game Face. They do not watch E3 press conferences. So now those people know some of the stuff that Sony's working on. Um, and, you know, some of those people are into VR because there was a good three-year stretch where CES was almost like a VR convention. So um, that audience is into VR in some ways. So maybe it picks them up a couple sales, but for the most part, I don't think it's going to move the needle all that much unless you're a disabled person and you are really excited about Project Leonardo. So there you go. That's Sony at CES 2023. Next up, biggest announcement this week, without a doubt, is that Amazon... And Crystal Dynamics have signed a deal for Amazon to publish Tomb Raider going forward. Now, don't forget, Matt, that Embracer just bought Tomb Raider. Right. So Embracer is actually the publisher that owns Tomb Raider. Crystal Dynamics is the studio that's going to develop the next Tomb Raider. But Amazon is who has been tapped to actually publish the game, keeping in mind that Amazon itself has only published, like, three games. Mm -hmm. Is this just, like, brute force? Got the resources? That's all we need? I don't know. I That's bizarre to me. And when I first saw, like, a headline about this, I thought they were making a TV show. Right. For Amazon Prime. Yeah. Me too. That's what I thought first. Signs deal with Amazon for Tomb Raider. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. They're going to have a TV show that'll be ready when the next game's ready to come out, and they'll have their synergy going on, and they'll use Amazon as a marketing partner to get the word out about the game as well. But no, Amazon is actually publishing and distributing. The other thing too, Matt, is that, like, has Amazon ever published a physical game? No, it's all been... It's just been digital. digital stuff. So it's... Does it even have the channels? I mean, yeah, it could if it wanted to. Amazon makes products. It could do that. Will it? I don't know. I don't know what they're doing here. This seems like such a bizarre part. And also, it seems like, I, you know Amazon doesn't have, like, a vision for a Tomb Raider game. No, and Embracer doesn't seem to have a vision for anything. No, it's just so who's, money. It's a vision for money. Who's coming up with the ideas here? Who's going to actually do this? Crystal Dynamics is going to make the game. Mm. Which is good. What I mean, a, it's just what a weird setup. It is. We, it makes no sense to me at all. I mean, maybe if you just leave Crystal Dynamics to do what they do, you're going to get something worthwhile. But like, I don't know. Like, 
Hopefully it doesn't end up as like a Luna exclusive or something. Well, they did share some details about the next Tomb Raider, which we hadn't had yet. Um, it's going to be available for multiple platforms. So, again, Amazon's got to figure out how to satisfy all those channels for all these different yeah. platforms. Dark Force 256 makes a good point. Walmart wouldn't carry this because they won't support Amazon. Right. Oh, wow. Walmart is the biggest retailer of video games in the U.S. They didn't think this went through, did they? It's a weird choice. It is a weird choice. It really doesn't make any sense. Amazon's not been doing great with the video game stuff in general. Like, cause no. I, I ordered some video game stuff, not new stuff, but older stuff for, for gifts this year. And they kept sending me European versions really? of PS4 Pal games. Really? stuff. Yeah, I mean, and it would work. You know, they're, they're region free. Yeah. But I'm like, no, why Why, why? would you do Like, just send me an American. So a couple of them I did return them and I got, uh, you know, American, you know, North American versions off of, like, off of eBay <laughs> for cheaper. That's hilarious. They were cheaper than the, what Amazon was selling them for the European version for. Yeah. And I'm just like, why would you not? Why would you not tell me what you're selling me? It's that very makes weird. no sense. But we so we did get some small details on the next game, as we said, multiple platforms. It's gonna be a multi-platform game. How about, it, how about a Tomb Raider game where she isn't horribly injured for all the time a bunch and limping time, yeah. around? <laughs> yeah, give me a. Uh, they're calling it the biggest, most expansive Tomb Raider game to date. It's being built on Unreal Engine Five and aims to quote push the envelope of fidelity and to deliver the high quality cinematic action adventure experience. That fans deserve, end quote. Crystal, Dyna Crystal Dynamics will develop with Amazon Games providing full support and publishing the game globally, not just in the U.S. This is all, and again, Embracer is a European conglomerate. So Amazon's taken over to the distribution and publishing in Europe as well. Um, it's a single-player, narrative-driven adventure that continues Lara Croft's story in the Tomb Raider series. It includes all the elements that have made Tomb Raider one of the most revered franchises in gaming, giving players control of the confident and multidimensional hero Lara Croft in an environment that rewards exploration and creative pathfinding with mind-bending puzzles to solve and a wide variety of enemies to face and overcome. And that is all we have on the new Tomb Raider, which basically means it's like all the other Tomb Raiders. It doesn't Pretty sound like much. there's anything there that's going to change. No, you'll be doing all the same things and wearing the same skin-tight pants. Yeah. Which make no sense for someone who needs to climb over a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Even um, there, like, those, that's not, those aren't snow pants. Yeah. <laughs> the beginning of this game in particular was really hard to rationalize. Yeah. Um, I like these games. I do, I do too. I do enjoy them. They come but. out just in the right amount of time, like every mm -hmm. four years, every five years. I'm always just ready to play another one when they come out. Yeah, I just hope she's finally the Tomb Raider now. Right, because it's that's what this whole thing reboot is still her becoming whatever she's supposed yeah. to be. How about this? I'll stop bugging Crystal Dynamics about that line if they can tell me right now what the Tomb Raider is. Yeah. You tell me <laughs> what that means. Because she hasn't become it yet, and I've spent about 40 hours. How will we know? <laughs> How will we know when she's there? What do you think, though, about this publishing relationship? Do you think Amazon now will become just like a video game publisher? I don't know. I think it depends how this, this this turns out. Does it depend on if the game sells well, or does it depend on if Amazon does well with just distribution and publishing? Probably both. Yeah. Because I mean, you're right. Not gonna, I mean, it's not going to affect us much, because you know, I'm just going to buy it digitally. Right. I'm not going to, you know, I'm gonna, but like, I don't know. I don't know. Are you more excited or less excited for the new Tomb Raider after hearing this news? I mean, I'll wait until I see it. Yeah. I don't... Yeah, you know, I have faith in Crystal Dynamics knows what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, the last few have been pretty great. So, I have no reason to believe... I, just, I, would, I would like them to stop being, like, weird origin stories and just tell me a freaking... A good Tomb Raider Tomb story. Tomb Raider story. Yeah. Like, just 
she is who she is. She yeah, does what but, she does, and maybe address the whole stealing artifacts from indigenous cultures thing. That might be. Yeah. They, they touch on that a little bit. No, no, it talks about that a little bit in, in Shadow. Mm-hmm. But like, I would like a way to you want know, to talk about modernizing Lara Croft, modernize her into not being a culture thief, and maybe turn her into something more of like a guardian of these things. Yeah, actually, that's a great idea. That's the exact way they should take like it. Like, she would go, she instead of, like, going to steal stuff, or she, like she goes places where she sees that, you know, you, you can even keep the, the organization that was hunting her and her father and stuff, and just, her now what she does is she tracks what they're doing, and if they're going to go interfere with some ancient lost city, she goes and she stops, stops them. She stops them. Yeah. I think that's great. I think that's a great idea. Um, I don't think they'll do it. No. And over the, cor- <laughs> well, over the course of trying to stop them, you accidentally, you know, awaken yeah. the ancient god or what, you know, like, it's inevitable that she's going to, you know, fiddle with some of that stuff and put things on altars and solve puzzles. And that's how, you know, do you want giant samurai monsters? Because that's how you get giant samurai monsters. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you can always have it sort of stumbling into accidentally activating the ancient magic thing. But, um, yeah, I, I think there's a way, to, there's a, a, a direction you can reinvent her into that. Because, like, although that does sort of undercut the Tomb Raider title. It does, yeah. Like, Tomb Raider, You're stopping other people from Tomb Raider the itself team. is kind of a bad juju title at yeah. this point. I mean, yeah. it's like, like you probably shouldn't do that. Yeah. If anyone's tomb, no. really. <laughs> you really shouldn't. So, I don't know. I guess, is it better for, to, for Amazon to publish this or Square Enix? I mean... I mean, I would say at worst that's a lateral move. Yes, you know, <laughs> I think it's a point. push. Yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, I would say I think it's probably better for a Western company to be representing Tomb Raider because I think they probably have a better <laughs> idea of what makes it successful. But uh, let's go with Nolan Ellerick's title: Tomb Respector, <laughs> <laughs> Tomb Raider Preventer from HMA Tomb Forty Two, Tomb Preserver, <laughs> Tomb Keeper, Tomb that's Keeper. Good, yeah. <laughs> good job, Chad. <laughs> But I think ultimately, when the rubber hits the road, probably not much is going to change. Crystal Dynamics is still going to make the Tomb Raider that it wants to make. And I would argue that probably Amazon will meddle less than Square Enix did. As far as like the development of the game and how the game should be. like I think Amazon will just be like, yo, you make Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to make Tomb Raider. You make the best game. We'll get it to people. We couldn't even make right. anything. <laughs> we couldn't make anything. Whereas Square Enix feels like it has some agency to maybe meddle in the development a little bit. So maybe, ultimately, this is for the better. I still don't yeah. understand why Embracer would allow Amazon to publish it instead of Embracer. I would love to know the story behind Like, what makes you go and, like, you know who should publish this? The next installment of this massive franchise we just bought? That co- that giant company that, like, completely failed to get even one thing out of their own game studios. Yeah. I mean, I guess they got that New World game. But, right. like... Everyone else I know that moved to San Diego to make to do stuff down there all came back. Yeah, they're already back now. All... They're probably still getting paid by Amazon. Yeah, I don't know. I doubt that. <laughs> yeah. They were barely getting paid as it was. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They weren't getting paid well? Like the actual people in the trenches? Of course not. Actually, I shouldn't be surprised because Amazon notoriously doesn't pay. What it does is it gives you stock options. And if you make it to five years, you're basically rich. Mm-hmm. If you don't make it to five years, you worked your ass off for less and money than you And they know damn well most of the people they do that with are not making it to five years. Yeah. Not even of their own volition. Yeah. Like they, they, those... The turnover is just yeah. the data. It's all numbers. Yep. Uh, so there you go. Tomb Raider with the new publisher. We did get the first details on the new Tomb Raider. I don't think they were all that surprising. I think they were exactly what we expected the next Tomb Raider to be. Uh, but hopefully, with Amazon handling the publishing, Square Enix will keep its fingers out of the pie, and we'll get a true Tomb Raider that Crystal Dynamics wants to make. Uh, so we did have one more topic, but we've run out of time. We're not going to be able to get to it, um, because 
we have the first new episode of Name That Game for 2023. And don't forget, people, that everybody can play. If you won last year, you can play. All right, so again, everybody's back in the pool. All the the ringers who won early last year, you guys are back in now. The competition is gonna be stiff for this. If you haven't played Name That Game, I show you five screenshots from a game, and you just need to name the game. That's all there is to it. The objective is to name the game before Matt. You guys win all ties, so if Matt says the name of the game, and I look over and it appears in chat, you guys get the win. If you win, you get a free video game. And actually, the last two winners, so we had we did a double episode, mm. did not contact me for their free games. So if that was you, contact me and we'll get the free games out to you. I, I really hope you guys do this as soon as you win because going back and looking through the list of game codes that I have and trying to remember which the last one was that I sent out, if it's like two weeks after you won, gets confusing. So it would be awesome if when you win, you message me immediately so I can give you the, the reward immediately. And now I don't have to issue the warning about if you've played, don't play again. Everybody can play. Dark Forest 256 thank you for subscribing for Tier 1. Um, Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver, no! <laughs> and of course, Emperor Dread with Body Harvest, no. Uh, okay, so we'll do this, and then we'll hopefully have enough time to do a little bit of Q&A uh, to kick off 2023 before we get going into the bulk of the year. But first, we have to play Name That Game. Here comes the first image. Oh, and by the, oh, one thing I should say before we get going is the chat is in slow mode. So you can't spam chat with just random game names, hoping that you guess the right one. You get one guess every 60 seconds, so make sure it counts. Don't just go guessing all willy-nilly. Make an educated guess. And with that, we're ready to go. And here is the first image. Nokia Snake Game, no. <laughs> the Legacy got it, The was, Last of Us. Uh, I was gonna say that, and I was like, you? it's too easy. <laughs> nope, it is. <laughs> it looks like Boston. Good job, the, the Legacy got it. And Mr. Starwalker got it like right afterwards. I no, start, it is The Last of Us. A lot of people got I it. I got to start just saying the first yeah, thing. Yeah, you I should, think, man. man. Just guess totally. It's totally fine. It's been I a long... Couldn't remember, I couldn't remember if you'd already done that because the, the problem... This has become a problem since I started playing the, the Guess the Game. Oh, the, the app game. style thing. Yeah. Is I keep mixing up whether they've done that one or you've or we've done, done that it. one. It's, it's like, yeah. It's, I'll be honest. It's already getting hard for me to remember the games mm -hmm. that we've done in this already. So I'm going to have to start getting a little more obscure. I went back and checked. We had not done this one yet, which I was surprised that we hadn't done this one yet. So it's a good week for it. Yeah. Well, that's why I did it with yeah. the show debuting. Um, that all just seemed too easy. I'm like, eh. Short Raver. Yeah, for some reason, that building just stands out. It's funny how... It's Boston. That that's works, what, though. It, it, it just, just looks like that New England area really you wander through the whole time. And look, time. I made sure, because if this, this I cropped out, like, the building on the left is decaying. And there's like vines growing up it. So I had to crop mm -hmm. that out because that would have been a dead giveaway. Yeah, my first thoughts were Last of Us and Bully, but I knew it couldn't be yeah. Bully because it looks good. It looks too good. good. Yeah. Um, here's the second. This is the first time someone got it on the first image in a long, long time. Mm -hmm. So great job. Um, here's the second one. Would that have helped you? No, the first one was still more obvious. Yeah. Yep. Here's the third one. Yeah, that's that's very recognizable. I also included his jeans there on the side mm -hmm. that maybe would help 
sort of that's jogs. A, but that's a naughty dog puddle. Yeah, it is. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> and the flowers. I think the flowers yeah. might have given it away. Yeah. Here's the fourth image. Here's where I'm trying to help you guys get it. This is where I showed like the overgrown whatever, and it probably would have given it away. But if it didn't, this one definitely would have. And that's mm, Ellie. That's Ellie the with, most Ellie iconic with the screenshot of the entire game, which is her holding the rifle from the side angle. So congratulations, the legacy. Our first winner of Name That Game for 2023. Make sure you DM me. You can DM me here on Twitch. You can DM me on Twitter. I'm at Dinfire. You can DM me on Sifted. I'm at Shane. However you want to do it, just hit me up, and we will get you a code for your game. Congratulations once again. for First, Name That Game of 2023. And now we have some time to answer some of your questions. Not a ton of time. Well, actually, we do. we got some time to answer some questions because that went so fast. Getting it on the first one. That's the first one that's happened in a long time. Um, Mr. Starwalker, you were close too, uh, but he definitely beat you to it by a couple seconds there. So that was a, both of you guys were on it. You knew what it was right away. Either one of you guys could type faster or one of you had a better internet connection. <laughs> it does come down to that sometimes. Um, let's see what you guys are talking about in chat and answer a couple questions. From Sneaky, hope you had a great holiday season, man. Good to see you. Um... Have you seen the fan-made remake of TR2? Why don't these studios see these remakes and pump money into them and finish them? I'm talking good fan remakes, not jank. TR2. I'm, Tomb Raider 2? Is that what it is? I don't know. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what you're talking about uh, there The either. reason they don't do that is because there's a huge legal issue to that. Yeah. I mean, you're it's illegal. <laughs> it's not just illegal, but also like if you then turn around and use that code and that like that. you owe money for the people who you built it that code. and you also like are basically weakening a legal case against of one of those you might want to shut down one day yeah no he's saying yeah it was tomb raider too okay cool um yeah, yeah the you sometimes people do get hired from that like you'll, you'll be, but they, they don't you're not going to take that game like you're not going to take you know the metroid 2 remake and turn that into a product that's never going to happen yeah that 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 is legal suicide yep um next level what are your most anticipated games for 2023 we actually did that at the end of our Mm. game of the year awards we gave both a winner and a runner-up however probably not in next week's episode but the one after we're going to do like a top 10 like matt and i are going to put our heads together and jointly between the two of us figure out a top 10 most anticipated games for 23 so that's coming so i don't want to spoil it now um huh derek d111 in the playstation section i'm glad somebody picked up on this in the playstation section how did jamiroquai fit into virtual insanity in the lower third well it's it was for the ces sony ces thing and obviously their big push there was so playstation vr2 um and my argument is that they're insane to be pushing PlayStation VR 2 as hard as they are because I don't think it's going to do that well. So therefore, virtual insanity. And it absolutely was a nod to Jamiroquai, one of my favorite groups from my rave days. Even though they didn't make rave music, for whatever reason, they were like the chill-out soundtrack for ravers. Like you get back from from the rave or from the after hours and we put on Jamiroquai. And it was just perfect. It just winded you down, put you to sleep. It was the greatest after-party music for Rave, so I'm a big, big fan of Jamiroquai. Hype Train Level 2, 94%. Thanks, everybody. Uh, next. 
Uh, people are mentioning your cat Luna. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. It's just thinking, it doesn't matter that it's code from the, not code from the original Tomb Raider. Making your own code for another person's IP is illegal, and they cannot be seen to endorse that. Right. Like that's the problem. Yep. Like you could hire the person who did it and have them work on something else, but you will never see an unof- like a fan made remake suddenly get turned into an official product. That is not a thing that will happen. <laughs> Look at Luna chilling. She's our third host. Yeah. We finally got a third host of Game Faith. Uh, she's, she's here for for LS Cream. Yep, that's right. <laughs> uh, next level. You keep asking questions we've already answered. Are you excited about the Last of Us HBO show that comes out this weekend? Yes, we are. Yeah. We talked about it in the open that the big premiere was in Hollywood last night, and Hollywood was literally flooded for their big premiere event in their red carpet. So we're very excited, which is also why The Last of Us was the game for Name That Game this week. Uh, the Legacy. Winner of Name That Game. Which company do you think will be bought this year? I mean, who knows? Square. Feel, feels like Square is ready. Square Enix? Ubisoft, maybe? Although Ubisoft maybe. just signed that deal with Tencent or whatever. Yeah, but Ubi's finding their own funding outside of things. But yeah. I, I, maybe not this year, but Sony's going to buy Square eventually. Probably. Like the, those, the, this, there's too much smoke there for there not to be fire. And I wouldn't be surprised if Xbox buys EA or something like that. I don't think it would yeah. happen this year. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. If They're the, looking at it. If the sure. Activision Blizzard deal does somehow fall through, I wouldn't be surprised if they pivot to mm-hmm. some something else like EA. But, Which, but the irony there is, like, that would change so much. Like, in a way that Activision's, the purchase of Activision wouldn't. Like, yeah. you instantly free up the Madden, the, the NFL license. Yeah. That because the transfer of ownership would cause those license agreements to become... Uh, I guess it depends renewed. on how the, the verbiage in the agreement. All license agreements have that. Non-transferable. Because you do not want to get stuck with a new owner and no control over who has your license. That's a good So point. there is no possible way that being bought wouldn't automatically make the nfl license I, at the very least the nfl would have the option to decide whether they got renewed or not luna's our new audio tech yeah much like if uh, much like if audio. someone buys sony pictures the spider-man license reverts back to marvel automatically mm-hmm. like you buying sony pictures does not give you the spider-man movies okay so that's that's and and remember marvel negotiated that contract with sony in the 90s when they were literally trying to get money to survive like that was mm. They were not in any kind of position of power, or you know, that's just standard licensing terms. Yep. So, buy, someone else buying EA would free up a lot of weird stuff all of a sudden. It would be very interesting to see. Yeah, see what happened ultimately. Uh, Cinetai. People talk about multiple dormant Sony IP. Now that they have PlayStation VR 2 coming up, what dormant IP should they bring back to VR? I'm wishing for Wipeout. Well, Wipeout is perfect. Wipeout would be I mean, it great. would make me barf, <laughs> but it Wipeout is perfect. And, my, mine would be Wipeout and Colony Wars. Yeah. I think a lot of people are looking for SOCOM I, to come back. I would just take a Colony Wars collection at this yeah. point. Just a remaster of Colony Wars would be great. No one remembers that yeah. fucking game. Um, look, Sony needs a shooter, obviously, as it's made blatantly clear as it's tried to stop the Activision Blizzard deal. Mm-hmm. SOCOM is just sitting there. Like, if you have the talent sitting there, why not make a SOCOM game? The whole thing is just mind-boggling. Sony seems to be a little gun-shy about shooters after, <laughs> does. The, after no, the failure no of Killzone. Yeah, but after, the, after what happened with Killzone. Yeah. Killzone and Resistance, neither one of them really caught with no. the mainstream. Uh, give me that give me that resistance trilogy remake remaster like i would love to see those get saved from the ps3 yep i'll say that every fucking time insomniac okay it's omniac just between spider-man games like while you're waiting for wolverine to spin up like just, right just slide just it on in there save those things in there but i don't even need it don't remake them don't just just make them work just make them work on the modern playstation and, and put them up there yeah 
Uh, Zet Saber Juno, have you noticed many people are going back into the office and are no longer working from home? There's been a lot of articles saying people are going back, but I fear this may be corporate propaganda. It is absolutely corporate propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> that is not when happening. It's, when it's not, people just literally being ordered. Yeah, back in the my wife works at a huge corporation, and they. Whatever they do is pretty typical of what most corporations are doing. And right now, she is required to be in the office two days a week, and she can work from home the other three days a week. And that is what pretty much everyone is doing now. Mm -hmm. Some flip. Some you need to be in the office three days, out two days. But it's either the, it's the three and the two in one way or the other. So, no, people are not going back to the offices, and I don't think they ever will. Now... I was just in rural Pennsylvania, central Pennsylvania for Christmas, and I was talking to some of my friends there who work, who don't work at big corporations. They work for like local yokel companies in central PA or whatever. And some of them did say that some of their bosses were starting, like if they had older bosses or older mm -hmm. owners of the company, that some of those people were starting to drop hints about 2023. They're like, hey, things might be changing around here and blah, blah, blah. But they also said that like basically all the workers will quit. Yeah. Because here's the thing. There are so many jobs available. Just millions. I'm not even exaggerating. Millions mm -hmm. of unfilled jobs. You can't be a douchebag and have a workforce anymore. Right now, the workers are in power. Mm -hmm. So they were all like, look, if he tells us we got to start coming into work, we've already proved we could do our jobs at home. We'll just leave yeah. and we'll go somewhere else. Like As they should. As they should. That's how capitalism is supposed to work. <laughs> yeah, people, the, the, the bosses forget that it, it is supposed to go both ways. Yeah. And like people can take their labor and take it somewhere else. It just hasn't worked that way for so long. That for so long. Yeah, everyone, they had everyone in a very desperate position. And after the pandemic, everybody, yeah, there was even an art, it was in an article, I think in the New York Times or something, maybe Washington Post, but it was like, it was literally like CEOs and and like middle managers complaining that like if when I ask someone to like do extra work over the weekend, they want money for it. Mm -hmm. They won't just do it. Don't just come and work. And yeah, like people want money for their extra. <laughs> be paid extra for time working. I'm like, yeah, no shit. What a concept. I want to get paid for my hours. Like, yeah. and there, there's a big going to be a big shift there where people, you know, that, that's the whole like no one wants to work thing. No, no one wants to work for you, right? Yeah, because you're an ass. Yeah, and you underpay people and you're greedy. Yeah. Oh, you're so lazy. No, no, you, 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 you don't <laughs> you're work. You're trying for, to rip me off. The Joker himself. If you're good at something, <laughs> never do it for free. Yeah. And people seem to have like learned with you know with this brush with mortality we all had as a species that like yeah we shouldn't put up with that bullshit yeah so and the fact that everybody suddenly had to do it from home and could that's yeah. the big thing yeah. it's like it's that was, the argument against working from home was always like well there's no way that the, an could office could job, function yeah. that way well, and yeah. it can you can you can like, do almost anything from home yeah like, even like production the only thing you really need to show up for in person is the shoot days yeah. Everything else. That's it. Yep. Like, that's it. It's, it's very few jobs in the world that can't be done yeah. remotely. You need a studio to shoot it in. And, and the, you know the other thing? about Uh-oh. Luna's going to throw Luna's going to puke? Yeah. <laughs> Live on Game Face. <laughs> yeah, not on the wires. Don't do it on the wires. Come on. That's funny. There you go. <laughs> oh. I'm glad she didn't do it on the desk. Oh, there it is. <laughs> And I'm definitely Whoa. glad she didn't do it next to our LS Cream sponsor no, bottles. That would have been, <laughs> been really it's bad. Not, not the greatest still to <laughs> no. you. That's your thumbnail. Yeah. Uh, that's a big, yeah, big yeah. hairball. Yep. Now we're going to run away. Uh, Mitchell is alive. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh, you also asked a question. Do you think we'll get uh, announced new Nintendo hardware? We talked about that in the big Nintendo preview for 2023 already. Lots of you guys showing up late, I guess. 
Um, El Guapo 3385, I just recently finished Kojima's book, The Creative Gene, and thought it's a nicely written book with great insight on works that influenced him. Which game director would you like to see have a biography written about him or her? Miyamoto, obviously. Is there already one, maybe? There must be. You would think, but not an autobiography. No, I, mean, I, I can't see him doing that. Me either. He's, he doesn't have the ego for it. Yeah. He wouldn't. Kojima does. But. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't feel that Miyamoto doesn't seem like the kind of guy who cares about telling his own story. No, even though I would like to read it. Oh, sure. But he's like Hayao Miyazaki. It's just like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not yeah, I'm nothing I'm special. Yeah. Someone will write it for him eventually. I watched a whole thing about Miyazaki and all that, like his, his like, how he thinks he's, like, every film he makes disappoints him and he thinks his body of work is mediocre. And, and it's just like, okay, dude. Most great artists. Yeah, that's true. Do feel that way. But the one thing I could find where he was really happy, like he's, you know, you know, he is, he is actually a pretty funny dude in in person. He's mm-hmm. he's cynical and and funny and sarcastic. But like, the one thing I could find where he was actually like literally like gleeful was from an an interview. It was an inter- a dual interview with him and Akira Kurosawa in the '90s before Kurosawa died, mm-hmm. obviously. But like. Kurosawa at one point during the interview turns to him and says, I really enjoyed that cat bus in the t- in my neighbor Totoro. And, like, Miyazaki just, like, vibrates with glee he for, lit like, up. the next five minutes. Like, he, like, the, like it's, it literally says in the transcript, Miyazaki seems lost for words for several minutes. Like, <laughs> That's great. Like, which is great. It was, yeah. like, it was like, it's fun to see someone... It's fun to see the giants meet their giants. Yeah. You know, yeah, and that sure. was definitely that for yep. him. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, we're getting to the point where it's time to start telling the stories of all these, like, you know, or, before you know, it's too late, first gen greats of the game industry, uh, while they can still be interviewed about it. Yeah, before it's too late, before we can hear it that's, from them. That, that's what Cliff Blazinski should do. He, what? Well, he just wrote his own autobiography. Right. That's Cliff should go, uh, like be like the Stephen Ambrose of the oh. game industry and like, go record all these great developers telling their stories, telling their own because they would trust him because he's one of them. Yeah. Or Keeley. Keeley can do it. Eh. <laughs> I, I would rather someone who's going to tell the story properly and not as a marketing exercise. Yeah. Um, uh, Mitch, Mitch Dyer would be, or, or Daniel Dwyer. Yeah, he'd be, be good. Yep. Uh, Mitchell is alive. Since we couldn't answer your last one, we'll answer this one. Epic has been hinting at Fortnite VR. Do you think that will significantly increase adoption of VR? No. No. Fortnite works because it's the thing you can get, the kids can play and just pick up. You're not spending a lot of money on it. My nieces and nephews are hopelessly addicted to Fortnite. Like mm-hmm. crackhead addicted to Fortnite. But it's will they scary. put on VR goggles for it? No. no it's scary, so. though. Like, it is their life. Mm-hmm. My my niece is funny. Like, I don't have that with like my niece. Cause she's, really? She, well, she's, you know what she's addicted to right now? Dwarf Fortress. Wow, the new. I would the, prefer that. You know, the new visual upgrade they did, where mm-hmm. you can play. She she constantly messages messages me like, oh, I just did this. This one dwarf was gonna die, so I tried to like wall him up in a room so the others wouldn't see it and get traumatized. But I didn't do it fast enough, and now like everyone's mourning him, and I can't get them to fucking do anything. Like, she, <laughs> it's very funny. But she, yeah, she her her and all her friends on her Discord like are playing dwarf fortress and i'm like that's much better to me than fortnite really all my nieces and nephews are seriously crackheads over fortnite their parents are like it they came to me like they're concerned yes because they're like shane you're the game guy like we have a problem here like they throw tantrums when they can't play Mm -hmm. like literally like laying on the carpet like pounding their fists like like hurting themselves trying to make the parents be like stop hurting yourself and just play like Mm -hmm. it's messed up and V-Bucks, like, it's like, it's crazy. Like, and the crazy part about it, really, is that some of my brothers and sisters are into it almost as much as the kids. 
Mm. Like they know all about the battle passes and how they work and how it's smarter, whether it's smarter to just play and earn the stuff or just pay for it. Like, oh. <laughs> it's like this is like a cult. It really is crazy, man, what they've done with Fortnite. But to answer your question, I don't think VR matters to any of those people. Like they, they're not asking for it. it's a, as Matt says, a solution in search of a problem. Um, JM Rain, happy new year, brother. Hope you're doing good. Um, have you watched Terrifier 2 yet? No, I have not. <laughs> I have still haven't watched it. Uh, I, I, the holidays just didn't really strike me as a great yeah, time to really watch time it. For that, I guess. Although I think it might be a Christmas movie. I think he maybe wears a Santa outfit. Oh, no, are you sure not thinking of Violent Santa? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> that was pretty good. That one's pretty Was good. it good? Yeah, shockingly. Wow. Uh, no, I haven't watched it yet. When I do, I'll let you guys know, I promise. Um, or Violent Night, that's what it was. Oh. Erebus Jones, are you going to buy a DualSense Edge controller when they come out? No. No, me either. I'm fine with the existing one. It's great. The DualSense is already awesome. It's like the best controller already. Like, maybe they make it better. I don't know. Like maybe if mine breaks. If mine breaks, I actually have a second one. So I just open that one. I just got but a if black. If the second one breaks, then maybe I'd think about an Edge controller. But I don't feel like that's going to happen. I now have a third PlayStation 5 controller because I got one with the system. One y'all bought me one as a backup, right? And then I had forgot, and I left a black controller on my wish list on Amazon. I forgot mm. to remove it before people started shopping for me, and there's like a cutoff where I don't go back and look at it because then I'll know what people bought me for Christmas. Right. So I left it on there, and somebody bought it for me, and I didn't have the heart to tell them I didn't want it. So now I have a black controller that matches my black plates. So now I have symbiosis, I guess, symbiosis between my controller and my PlayStation Five. Um, but yeah, I'm not buying one. They're they're also more expensive than the Xbox Pro controller or Elite controllers, right? I think they're more expensive even. They're yeah, they're either the same or a little more. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's not a necessary expense. <laughs> Justin for me, cat butthole, typical cat on cam. Lol. Yep. She has she has a very prominent butthole. That is true because of the way her tail angles. Well, she's also a black cat. Right. So it sticks out. You either see the butthole or you see the glowing eyes. It's one, yeah. one, uh, one, one, her one eyes, end or the other. Her eyes are really piercing, yep. Um, has YouTube's new rules affected you? I think they have in a positive way. Hmm. I just, out of the blue, I noticed that our finally, for the first time in forever, our YouTube subscribers have started going up. Hmm. It sat there at 15,000 forever. And in the last, like, four weeks, it's gone up. So whatever they've done to change, keep doing it. <laughs> like, and whatever they were doing before was not helping us at all, and we never figured it out. But now it appears that whatever we've been doing all along actually works with whatever they're doing now. So yes, I've noticed a difference, and it's better. It's helping us. So hallelujah. It's amazing. Um, the oldest fox, thank you for subscribing at Tier 1, man. That's awesome. We really appreciate it. Been doing that for nine months. That's amazing, man. Thank you. Poor Luna. Everyone feels bad because we're making fun of her. <laughs> Fire Native, thank you for Twitch Prime. Case Money, thank the you for Twitch Prime. The poor Lunas were when she threw up. Oh, oh, got you. Oh, so we're, I'm way behind here. Yeah. Okay. Um, here's the last one. Squishy Muffin. I recently listened to an old game face where you, Shane, were up in arms regarding Mark Cerny's dry PS5 spec reveal presentation, saying it'll affect PS5 sales, etc. What do you think now looking back? Um, I still think it didn't help. I don't think it sold PlayStation 5s. Well, we didn't have enough PlayStation 5s made to know... To know if it, it had would, any impact. Yeah. That That is a... 
like the PlayStation 5 supply ended here. The Cerny was boring, so it might have sold fewer. Was like up here. Right. It was like yeah. a difference between here and here. Right. There's no way. To yeah, know. there's no way to tell. But I'm totally cool. If I mean, I go- still don't think it would have, but there's no way to know. Yeah. I'm totally cool if you want to go back and check out old episodes and find stuff that we got wrong and call us out. That's totally cool. I would just ask that if you stumble across stuff that Matt and I got right, which we do a lot if you go back and watch old episodes of Game Face, that you would point that out as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, go find that first Last of Us 2 teaser where I said, this game's four years away. Yeah. And it was. Dude, we hit stuff all the time and nobody ever goes back and brings this stuff up so it'd be cool if you... that's only fun for us right <laughs> yeah it's only fun for them to call us out when we're wrong right. i guess <laughs> which is funny uh okay i think that's it for game phase 325 a great episode great to get back with you guys thanks to everybody who subscribed with twitch prime during the show if you're watching this archive on youtube you can do it too the instructions are down below if you've already connected your twitch and your amazon prime accounts it's literally two clicks, like five seconds it takes to do it. If you're doing it for the first time, the instructions are very simple and they're down in the description. We'd appreciate it if you could do that. If you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, you can give us a free $2.50 every month. Now, Amazon takes half of that, which is so weird. Like, why does it take money from its own company? I don't understand it. I don't know. I never understood why we had to pay for the edit time at our own company. Right. <laughs> That's really at, weird, at too. At G4. It was but like... anyway, so anyway, you can give us a free $1.25 every month. That's what we end up getting, ultimately, um, just by doing that. And that would be awesome. If you want to support us long-term, head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D without the E. And there you can pledge whatever you want per month. A dollar if you just want to help us out. $2 gets you Pactor Factor. $4 gets you everything. Um, and it's been that way since we've launched. We've never increased the price of our Patreon, though everyone else, it appears, has. I think we're the only ones left still at that kind of $4 uh, level. So we'd appreciate it very much. Um, and if you can't help us in financially in any way, just like like our stuff or like leave comments on the YouTube version of our shows, like all that stuff helps with like the algorithm, L- like it, like obviously subscribe to our channel, all that stuff. I don't need to tell you guys that. You guys you guys know how YouTube works. But all that stuff helps. So even if you don't have money, you can do all that stuff to help us in another way. So look for next week. We'll do some more 2023 previews. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about what Sifted is doing in 2023, the changes that we're making on the site and with our content and all that stuff. Um, and we'll see you then. Probably still won't be talking about too many games, though. <laughs> One of someone's final question was like, where are the games? Oh. <laughs> If we made them, we... are lurking in the mists ahead. <laughs> it's a slow January, to be sure. I totally understand where you guys are coming from. So anyway... There's some stuff at the end. Yeah, there is. Some the end spoken. of the month's not bad. Yep. We got uh, Fire Emblem. The, the last episode of the month will be If you like good. games to start with F... For Spoken and Fire Emblem, yeah. we're good. We got you, baby. <laughs> so anyway, on behalf of Matt, Luna, and myself, Shane Satterfield, we'll see you next Tuesday. Game Face is up and... Out! <laughs>